Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have a special episode for you that we like to call Culture Clash. And this is why my brother comes on, Andrew Hoffman, and we talk about what's going on in today's society. Uh, Things that maybe are going on in the news or on social media or just popular events. And we just kind of bullshit and talk about, again, what it is that's going on in society and in the culture. And today, it was interesting because both of us, uh, we didn't really exactly have a specific topic that we wanted to talk about as both of us have kind of been taking a bit of a sabbatical uh, from the news and social media and all that kind of stuff. So we said, oh, well, uh, there's all the COVID restrictions that are being lifted here uh, very soon. Now let's talk about some of those and we'll see where things go. And, and although things started off a little bit slow, uh, I really believe this is one of Andrew and I's best podcasts together. I mean, we got into some things. Things were very heated. Uh, there were some disagreements and some... Uh, other interesting uh, maybe thoughts that neither one of us had thought about before and so there was a lot of good stuff that we ended up covering today and, and I hope that you guys enjoy this one because I really do feel like it's one of our better podcasts that we've done so please without any further ado sit back strap in and enjoy our conversation Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have my brother from another mother with us, Mr. Andrew Hoffman. What's up? Andrew, how are we doing, sir? I'm great, man. I, uh, I'm i on a lot of sleep right now for the first time in a while, so doing well. Been sleeping well? Because I knew you were kind of off well, there for a while. So, like, I, I went, um, I woke up yesterday. I went to bed late on Friday. Because you, you tend to be a night owl. You yeah. tend to like stay up until wee hours in the definitely morning. Definitely a night owl, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's nothing for me to go to bed 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. Typically, 2 o'clock when I'm like, okay, it's either time to go to bed or it's maybe put on one more YouTube video. You know, that's like, that's, my, <laughs> that's what my 2 a.m. alarm says. So, but, so I, I slept. It's the first time in a while I didn't have to do anything on a Saturday. Um, so, I slept. God, pride. <laughs> shit. 1.30 p.m. Thinking like, okay, I'm going to catch up on some sleep. You know, like I don't got anything going on. My oldest is, he's in Ocean City on um, a trip with his friends. Um, my youngest was out spending the night at one of her houses. So I know I had my little guy there. Um, Katie was there. And my middle son, who he, he's cool, but he could take care of himself. So I was like, I don't really have to get up really for any reason. Yeah. So I let it go till about 1.30. And I woke up and... I was just inst- as soon as I woke up, I was instantly tired, and I'm like, "Well, this is this is bullshit." You know, like, I'm, <laughs> like this has got it. This is a false flag. It's you know. So then I start, you know, it starts getting two o'clock, three o'clock. I put on golf. Like, oh, let's watch some golf. That'll that'll pep me up, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's not exactly a super a spe- exciting thing. I have to a watch. special brain. All right, so follow me. <laughs> so I put the golf on, and man, I'm just. I'm, my eyes are burning and I'm like, so I start Googling, like, why am I exhausted after nine or 10 hours of sleep? You know? And of course I read a lot of 
you know, things that make a lot of sense as far as, especially when you stay up late and get up late. I guess it actually affects like the proteins in your blood and stuff like that that can cause, you know, obviously things with the appetite, metabolism, but um, also like if you're just because apparently because you slept a long time, if you wake up in the middle of one of your deep sleep cycles. Yeah, if you're in the middle of a REM cycle, yeah, you can really so screw up your sleep. I think by doing that, I messed things up. So I fought it all day yesterday. I, I even went up. I went upstairs for a little bit and conked out for an hour from like at like 8 p.m., woke up at 9. It's like got up like I'm still exhausted. So I, I toughed it out until about 11 last night. And I'm like, you know what? For the first time, and I can't even tell you how long, I'm going to bed before midnight on a Saturday, let alone any night. And um, I woke up maybe once during the night last night to take a piss. But um, I woke up this morning. And no- normally, you know, getting up at 9 a.m., for me, that's... That's early. For a lot of people, that's like, you know, they're already like on their first cigarette break at work or something by 9 a.m. <laughs> I'm not like you. I'm not, yeah, I'm not functional. Like, typically before 11 a.m. I, I can, I'll be out doing, like, well, you can hear me right now. It's before 11 and here I am stuttering all of myself. <laughs> so, but yeah, all that to say, um, I got my coffee. I feel good. The eyes are no longer burning. So. Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing yeah. how that works sometimes where I, I've been. I mean, obviously, I've been trying to maximize my sleep for years, and I listen to a lot of podcasts with uh, specialists and doctors and all those kind of people, and they always recommend, like, sleep in a dark, cold room, and mm-hmm. you, want, you want certain temperatures, and you, you want to you know, have no light in the room, no distractions, no yeah. cell phones, no anything, just, again, just a cold, dark room. You want to go to bed at the same time. You want to wake up at the same time. Sure. Like, you want to do all these things, and you can try to maximize your sleep. You need, like, a, a routine to kind of, like, wind yourself down and get yourself ready for sure. bed and all those kind of things. And Because the worst thing to do is, like, lay in bed and not be able to sleep. Yeah. Like, I have a rule. If I'm laying, because I don't know what time it is. I've got everything blocked off. I can't see my clock or anything. Oh, okay. And it's like, if I feel like I'm laying there for more than 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. I'll get up. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go in the living room and I'll try to like get myself tired and get myself ready to go back to bed. I don't want to think of bed as a place where I can't sleep. Yeah. I want to think of it as a place where I go, I put my head down on the pillow and I'm out. Gone. See you later. And they also say like, I mean, apparently watching, you shouldn't be watching. You're not supposed to be doing the TV blue light stuff because yeah, it messes with your brain. Exactly. And, and that's kind of something. I mean, I do have my, my phone always switches to like night mode at 6 p.m. But like TV wise, you know, I mean, the last thing I'm pretty much doing every day is... You know, watch I, I think a lot of us are guilty. I think it, it's a great time to catch up on books and stuff, and like kind of like quiet your mind to do that kind of stuff. But for me, it's like if I start to read in the evening, I just instantly start to fall asleep, mm-hmm. and I don't really retain or get a lot of the good stuff out of the book. So I, I tend not to do that anymore. Sure, but I, I, I do tend to kind of like watch TV or videos or whatever, kind of wind down in the evening. But there for a long time, I was actually wearing like the blue blocker glasses, mm-hmm. like uh, you might see like an office worker oh, yeah. where they're kind of like clear, mm-hmm. have like a little bit of a tint to them. Them, but they're not like the super crazy yellow ones that you see. And I tried that for a while, but I didn't bloody notice the difference. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I felt like I was getting the same amount of crappy sleep anyway. I never really wake up and feel rested. I, I just, I struggle with that. Yeah. So it's like I do everything I can to maximize my sleep, but recently it's just my mind's been kind of wandering. I'm fucking just having crazy dreams and I can't get back to sleep and mm-hmm. all. It's just, it's been rough, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I've been, I've got this Fitbit and it tracks my sleep. And I guess one thing I don't know that that's normal, but according to this, and you don't, I don't, you never know how exactly how accurate it is, but you know, it'll show you like 
a line as you sleep, you know, basically from where you sleep and where you're. I think it goes on movement. Different I think states. that's how that yeah. works. Yeah. And apparently, like, I'm only in, like, the deepest like REM sleep. So, if, figure if I'm going to bed normally around 2 a.m., okay, it seems like every single day when I wake up, all my REM sleep is right around that 6, 7, 8 a.m. mark. You know, but then that's it. Like, it's only a few hours. And then... Because if I understand the sleep cycles correctly, there's three different cycles. Yeah. I forget what they're called, but there's like your your dreaming state, like where you're kind of a little bit unconscious. There's like the middle state where yeah. you're starting to go deep, and then there's your REM sleep. You know where- what? I actually got to... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually mistaken. So, let me say that. Yeah, REM sleep is the lighter sleep where you're dreaming. Then there's light sleep, which is the mid, and then there's deep sleep. Yes. I'm only in a deep sleep, typically for... Maybe one and a half, two hours. But as I understand it, those three um, cycles essentially go in 30-minute intervals. So it takes 90 minutes for the entire cycle to go through, yeah. if I understand correctly. That actually so, looks really accurate. So it takes you that. like, yeah. you know, I'm obviously 60 chart, minutes yeah. to get to your deep sleep. And then you've got 30 minutes of your deep sleep. And then you start to come back out of it the opposite way. So it's like you go in these 90-minute cycles. So it's like if you start to interrupt your sleep in the middle of like one of the deep cycles or even the middle cycle it can ruin your sleep for the day so they say you almost need to find your rhythm because like most people need somewhere between six and nine hours yeah there are your anomalies out there like jocko willink that only needs like four hours of sleep to operate yeah you train yourself but that's like less than two percent of the population all these hard charges like no i don't need sleep i'll sleep when i'm dead i'm like that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Most of us need somewhere between six and nine hours. Mm-hmm. Like I found seven to seven and a half is about perfect for me. Because mm-hmm. if I try to go eight, I get more tired. If I try to go nine, I get way worse. Yeah. So I must be interrupting like one of those deep cycles, yeah. setting an alarm or doing whatever. But I found for me like seven, seven and a half, I can function. I feel good. It's It's a normal day. No big deal. But I mean- is it's just you need to be able to time that kind of stuff out. But again, I don't know like how like is it really just thirty minutes for these cycles, or is yeah. it is everybody different? Is are somebody twenty seven or somebody forty seven or who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I try to listen to a lot of the experts about that stuff again, but I just kind of do what I think works for me. Yeah, and I mean something else I've I've noticed it's weird is like if I sleep from like say two to nine or two to ten, okay, so that's eight out eight hours, it'll my sleep will always register like usually like almost 90 minutes less than that. So it's got me like awake 90 of those minutes, at least according to my movements. So it's like, I'm feeling like a lot of my sleeping time is getting weight, you know, is being wasted because, you know, I'm not, I might think I'm sleeping, but really I'm just restless and I'm not getting any actual, you know, exactly. Um, cause I mean, I, they always say like, ideally you should be able to put your head down, mm -hmm. sleep the entire night, not move. Just, you're, that's my wife. You're, yeah. like you're, you're conked out. Like, you yeah. literally don't move. And for me, it's like everything fucking hurts. Yeah. So every 20 or 30 minutes, I'm like having to roll over because my shoulders yeah. hurt or whatever. So I know it's like interrupting a lot of my sleep and all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. I struggle with sleep apnea. Okay. Because I, so I snore and go crazy. And there's sometimes where I'll wake myself up. Yeah. Because I'm coughing and hacking or whatever because I can't breathe. So I'll get up and move and then I can kind of settle in and do that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's annoying. I, I do need to get one of those stupid like sleep machines where like it forces yeah, the my air dad's in your got system. One of those, but yeah. uh, like with, I mean, I can't right now, unfortunately. But it's like even with that, it's like 
I've got to go, like, go see a doctor and they've got to tell me that I have this. I'm like, yeah. I can fucking tell you I have it. I can take a recording of five minutes of me sleeping yeah. and you'll fucking know that I have it. It's like, why do I have to go and do this like thousand dollar sleep study to have you assholes tell me that I need to go buy this machine that I can't buy because it's a controlled device. And it just pushes air in my fucking face. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's just, it's annoying. But one of, one of these days I'll, I'll stop being fucking stubborn and go get one of those and maybe I'll actually, you know, sleep the whole night through and feel rested in the morning. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I know I definitely have something that could probably be treated. I've had like a, I get like a restless leg at night. Um, and, uh, sometimes I'll, and I've had this since I was little cause my mom would always laugh at how she would find me wake, how I would wake up every day. My blankets would be everywhere. Pillows would be thrown. Yeah. And I'll, sometimes I'll wake myself up at night cause I'll be doing almost like a 360 flip in the bed, you know, <laughs> like I will convulse and I'll flip from one side to the other and almost like get airborne you know it's just so i have like these involuntary like convulsions at night to to like adjust myself and i don't know how my i don't know how katie deals with it sometimes but i do well, know she just sleeps like a log and yeah she's and that's just like out she like is. she can deal with it because she's not a light sleeper like obviously if she was a light sleeper she would have like you know kicked your ass out of bed a long time ago yeah like, you have your own little bedroom fuck off go away but I, yeah like i'll Which wake is up super sometimes romantic and... but i guess it leads to much well, better sleep I, I have yeah i mean i have a good friend of mine he he hasn't slept in the. He doesn't sleep in the same bed of his wife as his wife in in years. You know, he kind of just has a, pl- a bed down in the basement. And he said, you know, it doesn't. They'll still do their thing, whatever. But like when it's bedtime, she's up. He's he's down. Like he can't sleep with her, and she can't sleep with him. Yeah, I mean, I, and I hear a lot of people kind of doing that later in life, not yeah. so much earlier in life, and uh, mostly probably because somebody snores or moves or mm-hmm. whatever. The other person's a light. He's sleeper. a bigger dude, so and, I'm, and, I'd and imagine they, you. Know. Yeah, and they can't deal with it. It's like. And I, and I look at that like that's so unromantic. Like, why would you like? Wouldn't you want to wake up next to your honey in the morning and kiss her good morning yeah. and do that kind of shit? But in the same token of that is, don't you need to have good sleep? Because if yeah. you don't have sleep, then you're fucking. I mean, you're a wreck. Yeah. I mean, what, what is it? What the military talks about all the time with the sleep deprivation? It's like if you can deprive someone of sleep for I forget how many hours, but say that you limit their sleep to like three hours a day. Mm. You know, it's like you take away like. 25 percent of their functionality sure if you do that like two or three days in a row like they're down to like like 30 percent capacity yeah like for, it's like you you can break yeah it really compounds that. exactly that's why they do it for you know like uh, interrogations or uh, aggressive interrogations whatever you want to call the torture stuff uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh anyway so let's let's stop talking about fucking sleep here because i'm sure people I'm, yeah i'm starting to like get, don't don't man, give maybe a, I'm shit. a little tired i don't know yeah <laughs> you're, you're fine you got coffee i got coffee like life is good Granted, I have a Black Rifle Coffee Espresso Mocha okay. in a RTD, yeah. the Ready to Deploy can. But uh, <laughs> I have a Donut Shop Vanilla Cream Puff. Nice in my from my Keurig. Yeah, sugary, so. lovely goodness. Yeah. Um, but normally, when uh, Andrew comes on, we like to do um, a segment that we have now coined the Culture Clash, and we're going to talk about things that are kind of just going on in society at the moment. But unfortunately, both of us are kind of taking a break right now. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, from everything that's really going on, uh, the biggest news going on is there's some crap going on in the Middle East where people are shooting rockets at each other, and yeah. and neither one of us are obviously qualified to talk about that intelligently. So we're going to leave that as it may, and be like, hey, uh, if somebody's shooting rockets at me, I figure it it probably makes sense to kind of fight back. And if you don't think so, then you're kind of a crazy well, you asshole. Would, you would you would think, but, but yeah, teach, like teach their own on that one. I guess they're they're allowed to have yeah. their opinion, even if they're fucking wrong. Just leave it at like, yeah, you guys can hopefully figure it out, but. You know, you've been warring for, you know, that Muslims and Jews for thousands of years. So I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime. Uh, it's definitely not going to be resolved in our lifetime. Yeah. Not going to happen. Uh, it probably never will happen. 
<laughs> no, you nonetheless. Know, shout out to my Muslim and Jews. Love y'all equally yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, keep your heads down. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so the one thing that I did want to talk about was uh, – I did. I do – that I do want to talk, I did want to talk about, that I do want to talk about is uh, all these uh, COVID restrictions are seeming to start to go away. Yes. And I kind of, uh, let's be honest, I called this months ago that they wouldn't happen like this. Like the, the, the governor wasn't going to come out, our new king, czar, whatever he thinks he is, who can control our lives. And he, I, don't, I didn't figure he would come out and say, you know what, you can stop doing all the stupid bullshit that I told you you had to do for no reason other than political clout for myself. It's not to be safe for you. But I never figured they'd come out and say, yep, okay, we're all good. Life is good. You can stop doing all this stupid shit. I never thought they would say it. I really thought people would be like me would just get fucking tired of it and just stop doing all the stupid shit. Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I wore a mask. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm just going in places right now. Nobody says anything. I'm saying hello to people. They're not even looking at me like a crazy asshole like they did a year ago when it all first happened. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm just fucking over it. Well, you know what's crazy? And what's crazy now is, so the restrictions that are lifting, I guess to be clear, are for people that are vaccinated. Now- how are you going to – what evidence are you going to have to provide well, for that? Like that's- well, here becomes the real issue with that is that my medical history yeah. is nobody's fucking business. Well, that and is that my is employer issue, can't yeah. ask that question. Like uh, a fucking business can't ask that question. Airlines can't ask that well, question. They're not entitled to that information. There are laws yet, not yet. from HIPAA who like that my privacy is my own but business. Public schools are entitled to – as a uh, uh, even in my industry, I am – I am fully uh, required to, to uh, obtain medical history. So all that to say is same with, you know, same with public schools. So yeah, not yet they are, but there is precedent for, for that. For I, I if think, you want to do something, you have to be vaccinated. Now, I, I think a lot of companies are going to try to do that. And then I think there's going to be a lot of lawsuits that have come from that. And I yeah. think that'll all kind of go away because right now it's not about our safety. They don't give two shits right now. It's just a political statement because people hate Trump. Well, that's what it really so fucking boils th- down there, to. There is, let me say, t- I'll say, well, let me qualify one thing first, and I guess it's probably best to get say this first, just so you guys know, like where personally, um, I'm coming from. I mean, obviously, I think Matt's pretty clear where he's coming from. So, like, I'm not, I am in, I'm in no way an anti-vaccine person. I, I don't, nec- I don't, I don't believe in like you know the conspiracies that they're, you know, they're they're chipping us or they're. You know, putting stuff in us or whatever to track us. Let's, or, let's be real honest. Now, anybody who believes that is off yeah. the fucking rock. Now, now, I'm not going to say it's an impossibility because, like I said before, like we don't know shit about what goes on behind the scenes. We're basically, you know, we're the dumb peons. So, all that to say, though, is I'm in no way an anti-vax person. Um, I don't. With this vaccine, I have not gotten one yet. Basically, just because I guess in my mind right now, it's like I just don't. I don't, I don't even get a flu shot every year, you know? So for me, it's like, if I'm looking at myself personally, I'm not, I don't feel like I need a vaccine for this particular virus. Now, somebody's going to say, well, what about those you come in contact with? What about them? 
from all the stuff that yeah. I've heard, there's no research that says you can't still spread it if you have the virus but, or if, if you have the vaccine. Yeah. It's more just protect yourself. I, I'm just saying like that, that's the argument you're going to – if I tell somebody, you know, hey, it's a personal choice, I just don't feel like – yeah, I'm not against the vaccine. I just don't feel any urgency to get it right now. Yeah, and I'm in the exact same boat as you yeah. are. A lot of people are going to think I'm an anti-vaxxer or whatever, and that, that's fine. You can think whatever you want to. I don't care. Because like if, if I if I had uh, obviously my daughter she's vaccinated like when she had her shots when she was young and if I had any more kids like they would get vaccinated 100 percent no big deal I I mean the biggest one that I get is like the tetanus shot yeah you know but I don't run out to get the flu shot because I'm a young healthy individual it's like I feel like my body can fight it off yeah. the same with this you know this this vaccine for the, the coronavirus like I already had it. You know, like my body fought it off. I was fine. It was no big deal. So I'm not rushing out to get it because I feel like I don't need it. But if somebody wants to go get it, go get it. I don't care. Like so, my mom's going to go get it because she's like, she obviously had it. She fought it off too. But she's also like health compromised being older and she's a diabetic and she's got like heart problems and everything else. So she wanted to get it. So like, obviously awesome. Go get it. Like if you feel better, that's fine. But don't tell me that I have to just because you think that I have to because I don't because I'm not at risk. Like, I again, I've already had it. I fought it off. It was no big deal. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I, and obviously I agree with that, which is why I haven't been vaccinated yet. Because, But at the same time, I also realized that I could get pushback from people saying, oh, well, you're, you're not being considerate to people that, <clears throat> you know, that also might be unvaccinated because, you know, for whatever reason, they can't get vaccinated. So, But, but that's their choice. I mean, I, I'm all about freedom. You just have the freedom to do what you want to. If you want to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. If you don't want to, then don't. Yeah, but all I'm, I'm saying is that they're saying that while, yes, you do have the freedom to get vaccinated or, or not vaccinated, that basically you're hindering the getting back to normal by not getting vaccinated. And I guess – and ultimately, I guess all I want to say is this to that is – like I'm not I'm 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 not going to be anybody's hero or champion like you know what I obviously I don't want to get anybody sick I don't want to get anybody in my family sick I don't want to get my kids sick but I mean I I'm just not I'll, I'll go to a certain length to to let to to ensure that doesn't happen injecting anything into my body anything is right now not one of those things I want to do and if that makes me a selfish prick well I got news. I was a selfish prick before any of this <laughs> happened. So it's like, and, and, and you're, and, and if you're listening to this, you're a selfish prick too. Maybe just not in this area, but you know, let's, if you want to, I, I guess I would, all that to say is, you know, if there's, I, I guess I would like to, I would like to talk to somebody, you know, that is going to, cause you know, I pushed back on you and Jake at the beginning with all this. Cause you guys were never about this. And I, and in my mind, I was like, Hey, it's a new virus. It's unknown. We don't know what's going on. They're telling me to wear a mask. I'm going to wear a mask, whatever. I'm going to take it seriously. Yeah. And now, a lot of people could go back and listen to those episodes. And, and they, you were very, very adamant about that kind of stuff. Whereas Jake and I saw it as like, this is just an infringement on my freedom. Like, I'm willing to take the risk for myself. And again, if somebody else isn't, let them stay home. A great example of this is like my mom. Like, she was a high percentage risk. So she just stayed home. She stopped going like to her Bible studies. Mm -hmm. She stopped going to meet friends. Like uh, <clears throat> there's a group because she's still in the small town that like she graduated high school in. And like there's a small group of them that graduated together. They get lunch or breakfast or something like every month or mm -hmm. uh, every other week or something. They all meet up. She's like, I'll stop doing that. I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to just stay home and you know try to make myself as safe as possible. And it's like, okay, this, this is a good thing. This, this makes sense. But like me, like – I got to go to work, you know, yeah. I want to go to the gym, but I couldn't because they were closed, you know, like, but they only stayed closed for a few months and they opened back up. But it's like, 
you know, it's like, where, where do you draw the line? It's, I mean, it's like, that's it's, thing it's now not is, my responsibility yeah. to make other people feel safe. If they want to feel safe, then they should stay home. But I'm not worried, so let me go live my life. Yeah, I, you, I, I, I can't, I can't argue with that. And like I said, I'm, I'm making the same choice right now. Um, but I'm also, you know, um, it, 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 here's what's funny too is a lot. Most of the people who were talking about, oh, you know, uh, you, you know libs were coming on conservatives and, and sometimes justifiably so at the beginning they're saying oh you're you know this is a virus let's not you know don't just not wear a mask because trump's not taking it seriously stop politicizing this it's a virus just do what you're supposed to do now you have some of these people like not even some a lot of these people are basically there's a genuine concern now that they're vaccinated and they have been basically they've been told by the cdc and the president if you're vaccinated stop wearing your mask not just almost not like a, hey, we recommend you can stop wearing your mask. It's a, hey, we need to start getting back to normal. Ditch the mask if you're vaccinated. Yeah, it's been over a year now. But but those people are responding with, if I take this mask off, people are going to confuse me for a Republican. And it's like, and I'm thinking it's, like... It's, if, yeah, it's virtue signaling if, right if now. If that, yeah, like, you're, that is politicizing this over any... I mean, do you're, you're all about what the science says, right? You all like you said here, like when when the Lord, the well, Savior, here, CDC the tells you, they're, all, they're to do only something. about the science if it agrees with their political agenda. If it doesn't, then they'll vilify. Yeah, it. and the thing is here, there's not even there's no even political agenda other than I don't want to look like an anti-masker. Yeah, and it's like well, because I hate Trump. It's it, it, really what it boils down to. Even if the CDC, you know, the people, the, you know, in their scripture now says that <laughs> what you can that you are now we're encouraging you to take the mask off. Now it's, oh, I don't care what the CDC is. It's, some of these people are like, also, like, I'm not taking the mask off no matter what ever again because, you know, and, and they had some valid reasons. And I can even agree with one of them. I haven't been sick at all last year, this previous, you know, 15, ever since I started wearing a mask. I haven't had so much barely as a cold. So, but there are people that are saying, like, I'm never taking the mask off. Maybe ever again. Even if we get to herd immunity. Well, there are issues, uh, a problem for me. And a, and a great example of this is uh, Texas, a couple of months ago, they had lifted their mask mandate. The, the, their, their governor, czar, king, whatever, had come out and said, hey, you don't need to wear them anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was statewide. It's like, hey, these are no longer a recommendation, and you don't have to do this anymore. And people stopped wearing <laughs> masks. But, again, to your point exactly, there was a ton of people who would still wear it just to prove, hey, look at me. Mm -hmm. I care more about everybody else's health and safety and everybody else. That's exactly what blah, it is. Blah, blah, blah. And I hate the governor, so I'm going to do this anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I see you in public wearing a mask, I naturally assume that you're there to rob the place or to do harm or you're mischievous or something. All right. I'm naturally going to assume that. And the, the fact that I have to go into a bank to go see a teller with a mask on and ask them for money, it seems weird. Call me, call me strange. Now, it's kind of, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It's yeah. like, to me, that invokes more panic than being afraid of some virus. Again, because I'm not immune suppressed. I'm not worried. Whereas, like, I have friends who are very immune suppressed. They've had, like, a, I don't know if they're missing, like, internal organs or they can't process things properly. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. But they're <clears throat> super afraid of getting sick. And they've stayed away from everything and made sure that they were, like, doing everything online. And they, they were definitely afraid of getting this because it literally could have killed them. And we're, But, again, like, they just stayed home and did their thing and did the online stuff. And luckily, they work from home, so it wasn't that big of a deal. And it's like all those kind of things. But it's like, but if I go out in public and I just see a person who's virtue signaling wearing a mask, it's like, 
why are you hiding your identity? What, what's going on here? Like it's well, just, I'm not gonna. No, think no, that. no, no. And I understand that, but like it's become so normal now because again of the political bullshit that it's it's no big deal. But you know, a year or two years ago, if I would have seen somebody coming into a store hiding their face, well, sure, I assume that they're there to rob the place. Period. So it's like if, if they continue to just do this going forward, even though those mask recommendations come down, it's like that that to me is going to cause more issues than anything else. I understand people don't think the well, way that I you, think. No, but. no. I, I would say this. You, you do have a point in the sense that <clears throat> somebody that was that's already a thief and somebody that had, you know, would want to rob a place maybe not even let's not say something like a bank because that's a pretty that's like a heist that's pretty grand yeah but like if you want to go in and I mean, rob a check and cash or no, a game no, honestly, or something like nowadays, that nowadays it's it's more like in your neighborhoods yeah home invasions are up you know like car break-ins <laughs> are up you know like people are like breaking people's garages and you know, stuff like yeah. i mean in that times sense, are tough yeah. right now people are stealing in that a bunch sense of like shit. yeah you could you could i guess case a house out yep with a mask on and no one's going to look at you twice exactly so in that sense um in that sense, yes, I, I do agree with you. Like I, when I, you know, I guess, and I guess I've really never been worried about anybody robbing a place. But, um, but yeah, you do. That is a, a good point in the sense of you know those people that 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 are that do like to rob places like convenience stores or stuff like that. They'll be able to get in there and not be noticed and wait for the place yeah, to clear because off, not all too while long covering ago, their face and not being given a second. Not too of. long ago, you literally weren't allowed to wear a hood. Yeah. You couldn't wear like a hoodie into a convenience store because, again, if you did that. I think people, that was only if you're black, though. No, uh, well. I'm kidding. Technically, like, I see where you're it's coming from. It's unspoken Yeah. Um, like, although obviously the laws and rules kind of apply to everyone, you know. But, um, but like, if, I mean, I wear a hoodie all winter because yeah. I've got a bald head. I, my head gets cold. I like to be able to pop out of the car, put my hood up, keep my head warm. And as soon as I'm walking into a store, I'm a big guy. I'm very intimidating to a lot of people anyway. Like, I always make sure I take my hood off. But now, people are going in with their hood up, masks on, sunglasses on. It's like, dude, that's a fucking robber right there. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Looking like a Call of Duty yeah, character. Yeah, it's like, like, literally, a couple of years ago, like, you would have gotten yourself shot by the police if you went into a convenience store with a goddamn hood on. But now you can go in, hood up, <laughs> glasses on, fucking mask on. And it's normal. Hey, look, they're, they're just... They're just, you know, protecting themselves from the virus. So everything's fine. There's a perfect example of this is my uh, my weightlifting coach, uh, Dan Bell, who's obviously been on the show a handful of times. We need to get back. We need to get him back on the show. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, he was walking his dog in his neighborhood recently, and he got stopped by this SUV. And he's thinking, oh, this is kind of suspicious. What's going on? Two, two white guys in an SUV. This can't be good. Okay. You know? And he's, he's like, hey, come over here. I want to talk to you. And. He's like, okay, and he kind of like kind of walked over that way, but was kind of cautious and didn't know what was going on, and because uh, obviously you don't normally get approached by people when yeah. you're not walking your dog in your neighborhood, and uh, it was two cops, okay, and they were there in the neighborhood because break-ins have been up and they've had a lot of home invasions, okay, and uh, they were saying, hey, have you seen this guy? And they showed him a picture that somebody had like on a maybe like a Zoom camera yeah. or some sort of like security camera, and guess what it was? It was a guy with a hood on, a mask on, like one of those gator things yeah, yeah. that covered literally everything but his eyes, mm -hmm. you know. And it's like all you could literally all you could see was like the bridge of his nose to like the the top, just above his eyebrows, yeah, is all you could see, and it's like. He's like, this guy has been breaking into houses. Have you seen this person walking around? It was, again, normally, it'd be like, oh, shit, what's a person masked doing walking around the neighborhood? Sure. Why is he looking at people's backyards? Mm -hmm. And why is he, like, 
hanging out looking at people's garages and stuff when they open them up going to work in the morning like what's going on here you know that again suspicious activity but now sure. it's like it's normal and like for all these people who think that these mask recommendations are going to come down they're going to keep doing that shit it's like i'm going to assume you're that guy i'm going to assume you're there to fucking rob you know my neighbor or my house or a convenience store or whatever that's what i'm going to assume but again maybe i'm about it the wrong way it's possible i don't know no, I mean, well, you just gave an example as to where somebody can, ca- like, like we, like almost exactly what I said. You can case out a neighborhood. Yeah. You could, you could case out a store, a convenience store. You can walk around a GameStop waiting for everyone to leave, you know, and no one's going to look twice at you. So, in that sense, you know, you are correct. I don't think it's, I, I, I think the, the more, the, the, the long term effect of this will be, um, it, it's going to, it's just going to, in, intensify basically the culture war because you will have Which is not what we need we don't need yeah. more crap to divide us because oh my when, God. when you tell people that okay you can demask for every single circumstance if you're vaccinated but if you're not vaccinated we still basically don't want you going outside your house without a mask on like you're just going to have people it's just going to force people who, who aren't vaccinated to lie about it or you know in, in the sense of lie by omission by saying, hey, that's none of your business, whether I'm vaccinated or not. Now, obviously, per- a person's going to take that to assume that you're not vaccinated. Although, even if I do get vaccinated and somebody asks, I'm going to still tell them it's none of their business. Yeah, as you should. It's, spit it's in their face. Abs- well, I don't know about that. But it's just, it's absolutely none of their business. But from what I read about the, the Governor King Czar's directive was that it's not for people who are just vaccinated can stop wearing their masks. It is. I've- from what I read about it, it's just... The mask recommendation is over as of June 2nd, which will be right about when this podcast is coming out. Yeah. So by the time you guys hear this, like, hopefully everyone will stop well, wearing it. I, I saw a, a chart that came out, you know, from the from from Ohio or whatever that basically had, okay, if you're vaccinated on this side, here's everything you can do and not vaccinated on this side. Here's what you can do. If you're vaccinated, every single thing was uh, even all the way up to going to outdoor, you know, concerts. Or indoor, you know, church services. All that was green lit. The only thing that was green lit for non-vaccinated people were like meetings in your house or something like that. They still recommend even if you're going to anywhere basically outside your house, it had like a red thing, you know, with the mask on. Still. Really? Yeah. Because that is not what I read about the whole mask thing coming down. I thought it was just like, it's over. We're done. We're good. Unless I'm confusing directives from the CDC with with the directives from the state of Ohio, which I very well could be because it's just a lot of information to no, take. Because, like, because I, I mean, I looked it up on my phone. Obviously, it could, that, when that I could heard have been it, a I was CDC like, hey, that's, that's awesome. And I like Ohio mask recommendation, like taken away or whatever but, it was. I don't yeah. know. And I popped it up and I was looking through, like, okay, what's the legitimate website? Like, news, news, news. Okay, these are all crap. Like, where's an actual website? You know, and I clicked on it and it just said, like, it says that this date it could come down or whatever. But. Yeah. But again, I maybe well, there I was, are other yeah. like um, recommendations in there. It's like, hey, this is only if you're vaccinated. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see that. In the middle of the week, I was at my uh, my daughter's choir, um, show choir uh, rehearsal or whatever, and or um, whatever you call it, the real thing. I don't know. Performance. Uh, her performance, yeah. And I was talking to her um, teacher, and uh, it got brought up, and because I had because. I had said, I, I said, because we were talking about the lift, and I was like, I'm pretty, you know, that's only for, this, the ma- only, the applies, this only applies for vaccinated people. And they were like, she was like, yeah, this is for vaccinated people. And she's like, even so, even though I'm vaccinated, I'm still going to wear it as a, because I'm a, as a teacher, you know. 
And that's another thing too is I think people will still be able to make or or institutions will still be able to make their own laws. Like I could still say in my business, you have to have a mask to come in, even if it's against. You know what I'm saying? It, it's super. Well, what you, I say supersedes. Well, here's the thing: is obviously I look at it like the businesses have the right to do whatever they want to do. It's it's their own public, you know, not public, but their own private business. Sure. So the, so they can make their own rules and laws or whatever. And to me, I look at it simple: is like if you do that, then I just won't go there. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Like I'm willing to do that. Like I'm willing to make a statement. I'm willing to stand for things that I believe in. Because again, I want freedom. Yeah. You know. So it's like. Like you've already had companies like Walmart come out and already say, "Hey, we're we're going with the CDC starting at this date. Vaccinated customers no longer need to wear a mask." So they're already, you know, coming out ahead of it and saying, "You can count, you know, count, you know, because Walmart probably knows the majority of our customers are people that don't want to be wearing masks. So we're going to get out and say right now, hey." Although a lot of them too probably aren't vaccinated. So like you come back to what I said the first time, where you're just going to have a lot of people omitting. The fact that they're not vaccinated. Yeah, but but again, let's let's go back to your like uh, daughter's like choir recital teacher or like whatever. Yeah. It's like here, here's somebody who's vaccinated, who's doing all the things like that they should be doing, like to pr- protect themselves or the children or whatever. And she's like, I'm still gonna wear it. It's like program. Why? Why so, are you still gonna wear it? Like it, it just goes to show wh- how. Why, why don't you like say, hey, no, I'm vaccinated, so I'm good. Like I can do this, and I'm safe, and everything's fine. I like, guess if you're gonna. First of all, I, we don't know what what the, it's going to be based on what the schools. If the schools say, "Hey, teachers have to remain masked for another yeah, but, year," that'll but, be. But schools only did that <clears> because, again, our our king, Governor Czar, said that I, I'm not going to tell you that you have to wear a mask because then people don't like me, and I'm not going to get reelected. Yeah. Because again, it's not about your safety. I don't give two shits. It's about me getting reelected. So, oh, well, it's a recommendation. We'd like you to, but. What I'm going to do is force these small businesses, people like you, put you in a tough position say, hey, if your people don't wear masks or people coming to your business don't wear a mask, then I'm going to fine you. Well, he, like, he, that, that's he, what that he, fucking he, coward he, he, he did. He fucked my ass way deeper. The, the well, mask situation. And he, I, know, yeah. been, I know. We've talked about that before. And like the, all the I'm still recommendations and bullshits and stuff that they, they made you guys go through was ridiculous. And it's, but again, it's, it's because he was a coward. And didn't want to stand up for what he thought was right. He was just doing well, political bullshit so he would get reelected. But he put all that problems and pressure on you, which is the same problem. Like when I was at my office, I would tell him like, hey, I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. If you don't feel comfortable with having me here, I'll work from home. That's up to you. You can make that decision, but I'm not going to come in here and fucking wear a mask. It's not going to happen. But because our Governor King Czar came out and said, okay, well, <clears throat> I recommend that you do this, but I'm going to force your employer now, my employer, to force me to wear one because they said that if I don't wear one, that means that I'm unable to work because of the guidelines and that I would have to take sick or vacation time for the time that I wasn't able to work. It's like, huh. So, so it's like, they like the, again, the governor <clears throat> put them in a tough spot because he's a coward and didn't want to just come out and say, hey, this is what we're all going to do. Let's let's band together. Let's let's do this. Let's get through it together. It was because he got political backlash. He, he rescinded all that stuff. It's like, well. I got two points that I think you're going to agree with both of them. <clears throat> just clear the throat there. Um, first one being. In DeWine, in attempting to appease two two groups of people, 
has has now appeased nobody. <laughs> so he's achieved the opposite of what he wanted. He but, but again, like I've said this before, that's a politician. Yeah. They're, they're not going to stand for anything because they're fucking cowards. Well, and because th- all yeah. they care about is getting reelected. They don't care about doing the right. If he thing. had to do it over again, I think he would have taken a singular stance at the beginning and maintained it. Um, because now he's got people. That you know he's got maskers and anti anti masker anti maskers hate him from the beginning of the pandemic, and now the people who are masking up they don't they're they're saying that he's lifting all this shit too soon, and now he doesn't have their support either. So he's by taking both sides, he's taken no side, and you know basically it just you know makes him look pow- you know it makes him look and, and not to mention have you heard and maybe you haven't he's there Ohio is doing five separate 1 million dollar lottery drawings if you get vaccinated you get entered into a lottery to win a million dollars where is this fucking money coming from and why is Where it not going to is this our money schools and our from? roads and our Dude, bridges that and that is all this my whole thing shit. if the wine wants to show me a million dollars out of his bank account for this okay that's if, fine yeah if it's his personal but money if fine. you use 1 dollar of my money 1 cent of my money to give it to some fucking scrub for getting vaccinated, like okay, great, you got vaccinated. I don't want to hold anything against you for that, but fuck it, you gonna get a million dollars of tax? Uh, where, like, it would be one thing if our schools were flourishing, if our law enforcement, fire department, if our infrastructure was booming. Like, inflation, my friends, is on the horizon, and that's the second point I was going to bring up. And I know you agree with this. We're going to realize here very shortly that this was not all worth it, and I'm saying. You want to slap me in the face for what, saying what, that? No, what wasn't worth it? Shutting it all down, you like, want, like ruining our economy. You want to say and then like printing off gajillions you, you, of dollars you might and slap giving it away to people say, who don't look, fucking deserve it? I'm you telling that you worth it? that five hundred thousand deaths. I know it. You can slap me in the face, but those five hundred thousand people were going to die anyway, and I'm going to die someday, and it might be worse than th- than they died, and you're going to die, and we're all going to die. What was the average age it, of death from the coronavirus? I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure it was, was over eighty. I, I'm pretty sure it was old as fuck. I think is what it says. I'm pretty sure it was over eighty. So. You're going to tell me that that's insensitive. I'm going to tell you that if you're it's all reality. about the progress of society, then you can't let then then the, 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 it was not worth it because what's coming here and what's already happened with all the shutdown businesses, all the ruined lives of people that have survived this virus, not to mention just the the psychological burnout. Like think like, think of what they did to five year old children. Well, it's it's just like p- people have lost. When when you stop, when you can't plan for your future and you can't be optimistic about your future and you can't say, okay, here's my five-year plan, there's no point in having a five-year plan anymore because now we know that the government can snap their fingers and shut it down just like that. Even if it's for a legitimate reason or not, there is no point in prognosticating where I'm going to, okay, if I do this and I invest this and I study for this, then in five years, I'm going to be here. And if I open up a business and I take a risk and I do these things. And And, and that's why, and I think that's why a lot of the people, I'm not going to say, oh, people aren't working right now because they're collecting all this unemployment. There might be a few, of course, there are people that are taking advantage of it, whatever. There's always people taking advantage of that system. In my mind, right now, it's like, hey, if I don't have, what's the point of getting up and going to work for, you know, it's just there's no point in doing anything anymore and maybe that's just me because i'm genuinely just a you know i can be an apathetic type of person but like pardon me if i'm if i'm a younger person right now or you know if if i don't have if i don't have a family that i that i need to sustain you know and those type of responsibilities what why what's my motivation to get out there and attack the world right now like 
Well, right. it's, it's not even just that. It's because now you've got all these small businesses that are closing. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a bunch more close by the end of this year. Sure. So I, we're going to lose so many businesses over over this this nonsense of shutting everything down and ruining everything. Not to mention, like you had said, the hyperinflation is coming because of all this it's money. They, all this money they've printed off and stuffed into the market. It's it's going to just accumulate. And granted, this has been going on since Bush was in office. I mean, yeah. this money has been pumped in forever and ever and ever. And it's only been okay because the world has to use U.S. dollars mm-hmm. to trade like most currencies and in fuel and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the only thing that's kind of buffered us from having all this hyperinflation. But between like the hyperinflation that's coming, you see a lot of people who are uh, predicting a, a banking crash coming up. You see Warren Buffett selling almost all of his banking stocks 100%. Some of that's just because right now it's overvalued, so yeah. he's going to make money because he's going to sell it now and then buy it later when it when it crashes and go and like has an adjustment. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, experts that are saying that the uh, the housing market's going to crash by quarter four of this year. Now, granted, I don't know if that's the 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 fiscal year, which yeah. I think ends in August, or if that's like the calendar Man, I year. I got to get my which, property sold before then. Exactly, it's it's a perfect time to be selling your rental right now because, again. Like there's going to be a correction that's coming. Yeah. I mean, we we've had Ben West on the show, and he, he's a realtor, and he's saying, yeah, there's a correction coming, but it's not going to be as bad as like the 0708 crash with all the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, the, Tom, that was the bank being yeah. It wasn't. It, it's not because of all that tomfoolery and bullshit where they were just making money hands over fist and giving themselves these huge bonuses. It's it's not going to be that bad, but still, a correction is coming, and it's like. And all this stuff's going to hit while people are still out of work. Businesses are shut down. You see a, a lot of uh, businesses right now that are even on limited hours because they can't fucking get people to work. And here's something that, that baffles my mind, too, because if you look at the numbers, Ohio has a relatively low unemployment rate, I think of like 4.7% or something. But well, Yeah, but how much of that is underemployment? That's a, well, here's what I'm saying. You can't drive – like if I drive down the main drag in the city I live in, like – People are advertising signing bonuses. I mean, every place from like fast food to haircutting places to yeah. convenience stores. I, I, I saw Wayne Dalton the other day. They're yeah. given a $750 bonus. They make garage doors yeah. to, to come into their manufacturing plant. And it's like, yeah, but the problem is, is that you've got people now who've lost careers. Mm-hmm. Who are making you yeah. know fifty and to sixty to one hundred thousand dollars discount drug yeah, a year yeah. to, to go make fifteen dollars an hour mm-hmm. working at Wayne Dalton like they can't afford to live that you can't support a family doing yeah. that yeah and it's one thing to say well you can either do that or you can just not work but it's like look people have pride in what they've done where they got themselves in life you yes. know, whether it be a, a good position they, or they, they've worked a their entire careers yeah, to you, move you themselves can't just up snap the ladder your fingers and say, oh you want well you just go flip burgers and it's like yeah it, it, theoretically you're right you could go get a three jobs a job or yeah a multiple job at that and do it but it's like it'd be a minimum of three yeah people people gen normal most people don't don't just up and react like that they don't they can't they can't pivot like that in their life and it's just it's a lot to ask and a lot of that leads to this burnout and depression horrible anxieties about things i mean i'm so anxious about like you know now that biden's talking about this america family first plan that he wants to do he want, basically wants to privatize all preschool, you know, and that's, that's going to really affect my business. Basically it's, it's going to be almost a full, you know, if, if he gets everything he wants, which I don't think he'll get everything, but if he got everything he wanted, it's going to basically make, um, you know, 
the whole preschool system privatized. It's going to change all the teacher wages. And of course, how do I, how do we get all this money to do, I'll pay all this and all that stuff, especially if we're not able to charge our clients anymore. That's the problem is you have to charge your clients more. Well, you can't. Here's the thing is that's part of his plan. He wants people that are making over a certain amount of money. You're either paying nothing or you're paying 7% of your maximum income. Okay. So it's like, um, so obviously if I can't collect the, if I can't collect the tuition and at the same time, I have to pay my teachers substantially more. That money's going to come from the government. Yeah, because so everybody thinks because you own yeah. the business that you're just filthy rich and you've got gajillions of dollars in the bank. And it's like, no, no and, that's and not that, how it well, works. And, and the government knows that. They would never, they couldn't expect you to just pay money out of nowhere. So they're just going to be funneling it in. And it's all just going to come from tax dollars, stuff like that. It doesn't, so now, now you're going to have taxpayers with no kids or kids grown up. They're going to be paying for everyone's preschool. And to, you know, God, I'm going to use the, the, the dirty word here, but to that that socialist minded person, that's the way that's their dream is everybody, you know, taking care of everybody, regardless of your own obligations. And in, in you know, in, in magical Disney world, that sounds pretty cool where we can all dance around and share the money and all that stuff. But that's just not the way we're wired in America. Like, that's not look, how it's supposed you, to be. America is the most charitable nation in the world, but that's going to stop when you start just taking our money to finance all of your programs. It's like we have, ge- we have, at least to this point as a nation, rejected that. Now, in the future, who knows? Maybe we'll fully embrace it and God, and thankfully I'll be dead or who knows? Maybe I'll miss that on the great American utopia, you know, and, and who knows? But I won't ever see the, I won't ever see the result of, you know, a true socialist agenda here in America. Well, hopefully, but, hopefully we never will because it will be the end of this country. And here's the problem too is there are a, there are a lot of great social programs that the Democrats have initiated that serve people that deserve it and need it. So the issue is that's remember when I talked last podcast about good faith arguments, okay? If you can't uh, re- uh, catch me up again. Yeah, basically just saying like at the end, you know, saying that the only way we're ever going to make true progress as a divided nation is to have good faith arguments where you have to concede truths that don't always align with what your views are. So obviously, yes. yeah. Whereas America, we, you know, you're going to have a staunch conservative saying, oh, fuck socialism and all that. But the fact of the matter is, if you're going to have an honest conversation, you have to understand that there are fruitful socialist programs in America that people need, that help people, that do have positive results. So the problem is when you start lumping all this other, all these other bullshit type of socialist programs on top of it, it gets all mixed together. And then everyone's like, fuck it all, or let's do it all. Not let's say it's, it's no more like, yeah, this is good. This is a good type of use of our tax money, but this is a waste. It's all it's now it's either, oh, it's all a fucking waste or we need to just go full socialism. So neither of those are good faith arguments. So you're not going to get anywhere. I, that's why I think it's important to realize like there are and concede the fact that there are definitely, I see a lot of these families that benefit from, you know, there is free daycare right now if you make a certain amount, if you make under a certain amount of money. People already don't yeah, there, have there's access. There's certain people who need help, and we should try and to get them help. That's what always confused me about the, the free, the, the, about the free, you know, the, 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 the universal health care. Like, if you're making under um, a, a, an amount of money, and you have, a, and, you know, and your family's a certain size, you know, they have all these these tiers, you're already getting free you're already getting free healthcare. If you're a single mom with a kid or two, you're already getting free healthcare. You're already getting free childcare in the state of Ohio, at least. I, I guess I can't speak for other states. I don't know what their what their financial ceilings are, but I know yeah. in Ohio, if you're making a single mom 
or even a mom and a dad with a few kids that, that, that might be making close to minimum or 15 bucks an hour, you're already going to get free healthcare. You're already getting free childcare. And I know that because I take care of these yeah, kids. Because again, there's programs out there yeah. to help people who need and, it. And, and we should be doing these that. programs are good because they only, if you, if you are not working or not in school, you don't qualify for the program. But as long as you're working or you're showing that you're in college, you're going to get the help to send your kid to childcare, which I believe you, that's, that is a good use of taxpayer money because otherwise you'd have all these people who couldn't afford childcare just not working. And then you're paying them welfare. You're, you're going to spend way more money taking care of their entire family than you would if you just let them go to work or get, go to school to get ready for a career and take care of their kids. Yeah. That to me, that is a social program working as intended. It's helping the people that deserve it, that are, that are trying to, you know, that are doing their part also. And it helps the kids. It gets the kids into an educational environment. Yeah, but, Everybody but, wins. But like you had said earlier, it's like you can't even have these discussions. No, you can't. Because if you were to come out against you know, Biden's plan, family first, or whatever this yeah. is fucking called. and I called, hate that. I, I don't like it at all, but- You know, it's like if, if you were to come out and like actually use like what you're doing right now, use logic and explain how the business works and why this is a bad idea, mm-hmm. now you're vilified as, yeah. oh, you're just horrible, well, or let, you're this and that, or, you don't care about people, and it's like- no, let's let's stop a second. Let's let's think about this. It's like if we do this, this is where it leads. Exactly. Like people stop working, the GDP goes down, and eventually I can't run my business because I don't have any yeah. money coming in because nobody's working to pay the taxes to pay for this plan. It, like it, that's how this works, people. It's important, and even if I know you always make fun of the amount of listeners we get, but it's important. Hey, listen. hey, hey! Now we have dozens of okay. listeners, not tens of listeners. There you go. <laughs> it's important for you people. To understand, especially as you start to hear about these these programs, like let me tell you from the horse's mouth, like don't get reeled in by these programs that sound great because, like I said, a lot of these problems are already being addressed with proper social programs, okay, that are working, okay. You can't when you, when when you come in and you try to overcorrect, okay, you're just going to go wait when you're going to pour all the. I think this plan is worth it's it's another multi trillion dollar plan. It's like you can't just keep. You can't just keep doing it, even though it sounds good, even though your base is by, even though is by, even though your base might want it. Like, well, here, here, you, here becomes the issue. It's like let's look at the people who really want that, right? For most cases, I'll bet you it's middle class Americans. It's people, yeah, that don't need it, but can't because again, like the lower income people, there are other programs out there to help them out, as we should have. Like, we need those programs again, as long as they're working or they're going to school to better their careers, so that. In the future, they won't need these kind of programs. But uh, people are just bitching a fit because they're like, "Oh my God! Well, I'm, I'm a single mom, and I've got and I've got these three kids, and I need help because there's so much money." Like, well, yeah, having kids is expensive, and if you don't understand that, then maybe we need to have a talk about that before you have kids. But the real issue that should be sailed. I, I, I look at is like families aren't staying together anymore. Like mm-hmm. you've got moms and dads who get together for a couple of years and they're like, oh, okay, the luster is gone. I'm going to move on to somebody else. And they start swiping online and looking at Tinder apps or whatever. And they, and they find somebody new and the sparks are there and they run off with somebody else. And there's nothing wrong with that if you want to do that. But the issue is who suffers? The kids suffer. Because now you don't have a mom and a dad working together in a household to raise these kids because it's fucking expensive. Yeah. It's a lot to raise these kids. So it's like, if you got again, you got a single mom. It's like, well, I need help. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have fucked up your life and like maybe you need to like, again, work on yourself or go back to school and get a better career or do whatever to be able to support those kids because, again, they're expensive. I understand that. But it's like there are yeah. things out there to help you if you really need help. I mean, I'll say like, it, you know, from obviously almost 20 years of experience, um, 
pretty much every every family that does receive assistance from the government are single parent households. Um, and but I, I'd love to see the statistics of what that is I now would, because I'll, I'll bet you well over half of the households yeah. now are single like parent households. Here's another yeah, and 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 to, here's to follow up on that. Um, most of the new pregnancies like are from these women that are already on the assistance. Like they're they're you know seems like you know by the time they got one kid in the in the in our system by the time that kid gets out they've already got a they've always normally got a sibling coming you know right behind them so it's like people are going to have kids regardless of they don't have to worry about the financial implications because they're conditioned to the government taking care of them that is a negative aspect of some of these programs even if they're working even if they're going to school you know eventually when their kids are out of out of preschool and they're no longer going to need this assistance like then they're just going to need you know food stamps and welfare and stuff like that until you know, and, and, and like you said, that is the fault of the lack of the two parent household where families are meant to have, you know, a breadwinner, whether it be a mul- both people, you know, making money Which or nowadays it almost person. has to be two people yeah. working together because unless you got a, like a drug dealer or a sugar mom or a sugar daddy or whatever, making shit tons of money, it's like both of you need to support the household. It's yeah. again, like things are so expensive and like and kids are really expensive. Well, and one of the most obvious things that I notice is from the single parent households, especially the lower income ones are, um, you know, the behavior of the kids. Some of these kids have very, very little, you know, we get next to no help from the parents on their behavior. Yeah. Though. And I know again, people are wanting the schools or preschools or the government or somebody else to raise their kids for them. It's like, no, you need to instill in them a good, a good work ethic to respect their elders and to, to be a good person and do those kind of things. Like that happens at home. And, and I'm not trying to like stereotype, you know, the these people. But I'm just telling you the the trends I have no, noticed. No, it's, it's just it's just you the know? truth. It's just facts. It's just things that you've seen. Yeah. Period. Like if you, um, you know, it's if 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 you can tell a kid, hey, I'm calling dad, you get a lot bigger response of uh, you know, them straightening up than you do with, hey, I'm calling your mom because you know they know that like I've seen it a million times. You know, the mom comes to pick up. They get told what happened during the day. They get an incident report. Hey, the, you know, your kid did this or that and whatever, slapping on their kid in the head. They're, the parent either does one of two things it, most of the time. They'll either just, oh, well, he's just never like this at home. I, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, oh, he was with his dad last weekend. He gets like that after he comes back home from his dad's house. Or you'll get, you know, the mom will literally just beat the shit up out of their kid on the way out the door. You know, so it's like in both those scenarios, you're like, man, this fucking kid does not have a chance in life. Yeah. Man. Like somebody please come and rescue this poor guy because they're either getting beat on on the way out the door or, you know, they're going to Target to pick up a toy because they're not really, you know, they really don't, their kids can't possibly misbehave. Yeah, and, let's let's reward this bad behavior. So, you know, that's what I say. Not to, obviously you've got shitty parents of all, of all types and, and, and income levels, but, you know, I'm just noticing, and, and, the, and that comes with. The stress of probably having next to no money, yeah. working paycheck probably to paycheck. Probably working two jobs. And, you know, having like to depend. stress when they come home, they yeah. just want to chill out. Exactly. Like, I get it. Like, it's, so it's it a all, tough life. So it all lines up, you know. Yeah. You would expect that, you know. But at the same time, it still has that same effect on those kids. And now it's like, you know, now those, now you got kids, you know, they having, they're having kids when they're barely, you know, out of being a teenager or something, you know, still a teenager. And it's. It's kind of just like a it's a, it's one of those cycles that you know that that we're just too far too far down. I mean, there's no sex ed class that we're going to be able to give people now to say, hey, don't have sex. But because again, these are the these those are things are supposed to come from home. 
Yep. You know, like I agree. The, the society, the community is not supposed to raise your kids for you. Yeah. You have to put time and energy into your kids. And I, and I get it. As a single parent, you probably don't have the time. It's like, but then maybe you shouldn't fucking have kids. That's. I, mean, I hate to say it that way, but maybe that's the case. Well, now, that's, granted, this is true. coming from a guy who, you know, like I had my daughter young. And Same here. We got, we got married super early Same. and we were way too young and we got divorced and. You know, it's it's it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been tough. Yeah, and, I, I'm saying all this is somebody also who I had a kid. I, I my wife got pregnant right out of high school, and and we had our first kid three months after dating. Um, you know, I was 21. She, she was got 19. pregnant three months after dating. Yeah, right? pregnant. Yeah, and um, and we made it work. But I know, that, like, I'm not, you guys are still together. I'm today. not. I'm not yeah. sitting here saying that. You know, I didn't do. Th- I would never tell my kids like, hey, you know, do things the way I did it. I got, you know, I got fortunate. You know, I, I would say that I'm probably, you know, I'm the exception let's, to the let's rule. Let's be real honest. Yeah. You have an amazing wife who puts up with your shit. So I, like that you, might be the simplest way to put it. Honestly, you got yeah. lucky. Yeah, <laughs> no problem admitting that. I mean, everybody needs a little bit of luck here. And uh, so <laughs> yeah, I'll never. But unfortunately, about most of the stories end up like mine did. You know, where, where my ex-wife and I, we got married, and then we were too young. We changed and grew apart, and we got sure. divorced. And and it's been like I barely get to see my daughter, but I'm still considered. She's not considered like a single, like a parent in our household because I'm still involved. Sure. Like I'm paying child support and I still get to see my daughter and we, we talk on the phone all the time. We yeah. do that kind of stuff. So it's like we make it work the best we can. You know, so because of that, like my daughter isn't seen as a single exactly, parent yeah. household or what have you, which which is fine. Yeah. And she's grown up to be an amazing woman. And it's like, I hope that she doesn't have too many scars. You yeah. know, from growing up I mean, the way that she did. Because I'm sure there'll be some damage from yeah. that. Yeah, and my parents got divorced when I was six, and my brother was four. But you know what? I, I wouldn't consider single parent because, like, both my parents were still equally involved in my life. Just yes. like you're involved with your daughter's life. So even though it's ideal to have mom and dad in the same house, as long as mom and dad are intimately still, at involved. At least in the picture and still helping life, out. But you've also you know? mentioned the fact that that did mess you up. But more importantly, your brother, because he was younger and couldn't process For sure. the I, yeah. same. I mean, there are definitely, I'm, I'm sure that there are some things that I might not even, that I'll probably never figure out unless I talk to like a therapist or something of ways that, you know, just the general bouncing back and forth between houses, you know, two bouncing back and forth between two radically different parenting styles, you know, in different houses with different step parents. Um, you know, there's definitely, there, I'm sure there's some depth there. There was some definite effect that still has on a hundred percent. It's. Like I, I always say that like I'm surprised my daughter being the age she is now, she's 18. I'm surprised she doesn't hate me, you know, for like having never been around and barely getting to see her, and like we don't talk and text near as much as we should for being like as far apart as we are, you know. But well, I mean, I see that graphically. Yeah. Where she she loves she, she lives in Texas, but it's like it's I mean, there's there's issues with that. I figured by now she would hate me, well, and then a handful of years, like when she's in her earlier mid 20s, she'd be like, okay. I get it. I see it. No big deal. And we'll start to like work on our relationship. But like we're we're, we're tight. We're we're good. And everything everything's fine. So that that's been good for me. But I can't imagine that's the case for most people well, in my position. And I would say this is obviously somebody who I know next to nothing about your ex wife. But the fact that the, the the your daughter does still you know actively want you in her life and, and appreciate it. That I guess that would say that you know your ex is at least she's not she's not she's not um um tearing you down. No no no. Like, we 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 did really bad when we first got divorced things were really tough there for a handful of years but then both of us kind of got over our own egos and over our our own issues and we fucking screw up yeah you realized it was about we were 19 when we got married it was stupid we should have never done that yeah you know it's like it is what it is like you can look back now but like 
wow, it's like I had a bunch of people saying, Brett, maybe you shouldn't do this. Like, maybe you should wait a while or what's going on here, you know. But I like, ah, you old people, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We have a daughter. We should get married. Well, a lot of, blah, 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 a, blah. a lot of, I mean, like my step, I have two half brothers that my dad had with my stepmom and things did not go that way when they got divorced. Um, she would, she did nothing but, but trash my dad. And, and, and to be equal, my dad did nothing but trash trash her yeah and, it, and put the kids right in the middle is, of it. it is not not acceptable yeah. but again it was a rough couple of years it was really difficult there for a handful of years but then again we both grew up and then we, we've got a pretty decent relationship now i can't say like we're, we're good friends or besties or whatever yeah. you know but it's like we get along you fine know that and your daughter's the mission and yeah. you guys are and it's, and it's, unified no, and it's no big deal yeah. but more importantly is i wouldn't let anybody especially like in my family like badmouth my ex-wife in front of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Would never let that happen. Sure. I would shut it down instantly. Like that is not okay. Absolutely. You cannot do that to her. That is going to mess her up. Stop it. You're absolutely. And right. I nipped it in the butt, and it's never been an issue. And uh, I've had a lot of people in my life say, "I can't believe you don't talk bad about your ex-wife and this and that." I'm like, no. Like it's it's just going to be damaging. If like yeah. for for what for my own fucking ego. It's yeah. like that's ridiculous. Like. We got divorced because we were horrible for each other. It wasn't her fault. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. Like It was our fault. It's a goddamn relationship. Like, it takes two people to make it work. And it's fucking hard work. You and know, I, so it's like, I, I don't, like, blaming everybody else is like, no, I need to take my own responsibility. Yeah. And it's, I think it's easy to, like, especially when you're a kid, you, you can blame your parents for separating or you can, it's like, man, why they, why did they, you know, just give up on everything so easily and this and that. And as I've gotten older, I've realized, like, and I've said it before, like, as you get older, you realize your parents are flawed humans. Your yeah. parents, th- yeah, and, and, and not, not to mention, there's probably nothing worse than a toxic relationship. Yeah, where they're screaming and yelling so at each like, other and they hate each other. Like that's really bad for the kids. It's the same thing you and your and your ex realize as you as you matured was that look, I can't be holding. There's no more holding people to these expectations. Like let's real like there's nothing wrong with just saying it just wasn't working and. You know, it was best to move it, out, yeah, and move just, on, and move yeah, out. And, like, I, and it, it's not—it's not her fault. It's not my fault. Like it was we're just—we're just fucking people trying to exist, and yeah. it didn't work out. Yep. So it's like same thing, you know, with with my parents. It's like, yeah, do I wish that that things wouldn't have gone the way they did? Have? Did I? Do I wish my dad would have been, you know, more faithful or this or that? Yeah, I do. But at the end of the day, he's just a flawed man. Yeah, he's a flawed man. Like that made, the rest of and us. he's you know he's owned up to his decisions, his bad decisions, and um, at the end of the day, you know, it's like it's. It, it hurts to see now because now he's, you know, he's almost 70 and he's alone. But so it's like, man, why didn't you just, you know, man, you should have just, you could have just made it work. But I know that there's no but, point in having that but conversation. But maybe it wouldn't have because yeah. something else would happen. Who knows? I know. Because here's the thing. is I've actually had this epiphany very recently, which I, I wouldn't mind getting your, your take on. But really quickly, before we get into that, uh, I want to go back to the, the, what is it, family first plan or yeah, whatever, yeah. the preschools and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I think with stuff like that that's going to be happening is you're going to see these socialist programs coming in and I think it's going to pull away from, like, uh, it's going to cause other issues. I think it's going to cause real issues. But I think that something interesting over the last year, especially with the COVID stuff, is more and more people are pulling their kids out of public schools. Yes. More and more people are going to private schools where they can control more of the curriculum and what's going on. Because let's be honest, like our schooling system is flawed. I, I was telling a guy the other day, like, because um, I, I do a Bible study every um, every week and we all, every guy in this group has, seems to have like three or four kids. And I was telling him like, 
I would have never entertained the thought of homeschooling before. Like it, back, grow, you know, being in high school, I always knew like the kids that came from homeschooling; those were the quote unquote the weird kids. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of them are socially awkward because they've never been around but, other but people. Things in the last year, the way I've seen, at least you know, the way the school has organized online learning. In uh, when you see the bullshit that they're doing, and, it's like, what the fuck are we teaching the kids? Well, like what? And and also with how just genuinely like shitty kids can be. Like I. I'm not. I'm. I'm not against you know pulling kids out of public schools. Now, is, you know, my kids have gone to public schools, you know, all four of them, and um, you know, I would say had a pretty good experience. But at the same time, it's like I totally understand now the people where those people were coming from that kept their kids out of the school system, regardless of when it was or back in the '90s or the 2000s or whatever. Like, I get it now. Yeah, like, I think in the next five to ten years, you're going to see it's become private schools. Yeah booming and starting up and doing or different on, things. Or online schools. I mean, you uh, might I, see online. I, I, don't, I don't think so much of that because I think that there's such good things for these kids to be in social interactions together. There's such an important part of that that I think that the private schools are really going to kick off. And I think, excuse me, I think public schools are going to start to die. Well, I really do. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, even like private schools, yeah, that don't really have religious um, – because uh, you know most private schools Catholic yeah, or Christian. usually religious but now based. I mean they just have like there are private schools now that are just they're not affiliated with religion they're just you know higher academic hey, private schools let's be real honest expensive if, as fuck but people if, are trying they've got waiting lists if, you can't if, get if, in them if I were to, to to get serious with somebody and do that kind of stuff again have have more children like I almost guarantee you they'd be in private schools yeah because I think the public school system is just failing our children 100% um, so anyway so let, let's wrap that up so like back, epiphany back, Back on to like the relationships and whatnot. Like I used to believe, and I've come to this epiphany recently where it's like, I, again, I used to believe that there was the one magical person that God had put on the earth for you. And they were the only person ever in your life that you were supposed to love. And you were just supposed to find that person magically. And when you, when it happened, you would know, and you get all the, the butterflies in your stomach and all these kind of things, and they would be it for you forever. And then when, when you all got old and died or whatever, then you would just, you know, remember them and love them forever and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And I used, I used to believe that. And I've come to this epiphany recently where it's like, that's bullshit. I think there's such, how, how, do, I, how do I word this? Like, there's so many different people that are going to come in and out of your lives over the, the lifespan that we all have. Like, whether it be 10 years or 70 years or 120 years or who knows with all the bullshit science that's going on. Maybe it's 200 years. I don't fucking know. I don't think we're going to see those days, but our kids might. Hell, with all the advancements that are coming with transplants and growing tissues and organs and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's amazing what they're doing. It's like, but it's like, I, I've, I've come to the epiphany now where it's like, no, it's like there are people that are good for you in your life. And whether they're there for a moment or the entirety of it, or just, you know, like for a year or a week or a decade or, or you know, again, you're the entirety of your life. I think that, you know, there, there's more than just that one magical person. So it's like, why, why tie yourself down and miss out on what could be like an amazing thing for you later, as long as like things aren't working out? Because again, like relationships are difficult. And if you grow apart, why not just be able to admit that and say, hey, we've grown apart. Maybe we should split ways. Like, if we've got kids, especially, it's like we need to be civil. We need to still have a great relationship together to, to help support our children. But maybe it's best for us to, again, go our separate ways and, you know, be with other people that would be better for us at this stage of our lives. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, is 
I, I think finding the right person, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think there's, there's not one special magical person. I really I, used to believe that. I really did. It's it, to be honest, it's a combination of circumstance and luck basically. And that's, that's truthfully what it is. Like when I look at like how I met my wife, it was completely circumstantial. And it was like, you know, at a, uh, back when I was working at Papa John's when I was like 20 years old, I mean, you know, it, it, it was a, a one in a billion chance that, 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 you know, that she would, uh, you know, apply there and work there yeah. and that, and of that, all the other places that she could go yeah. to work or you could have gone and to then work or the fact that like, if you to yeah. work on different shifts and never even seen each other. Yeah. And, and then, and then basically, you know, it just, um, you know, yeah, you kind of become friends and you hang out. And I even, although this might be, this, this actually might, this actually might work against your point though, because when me and my wife were friends before we dated and I was actually already seeing somebody, uh, but we were still great friends. I would be trying to set her up with my, I tried, I think I tried to set her up with at least two to three of my friends. Yeah, I think you've talked about that before and in the podcast. So when I, and when I'm, and the fact that I, that I was seeing somebody at the time, I, I was trying to make the effort to get her with somebody of my friends because I liked hanging out with her. So I'm well, like, hey, if she could be dating one of my friends. But here's the thing, though, is because, like, I mean, let's be honest. Recently, I've kind of decided for myself that, like, the whole online dating thing is just bullshit. It's just, yeah. it's, it's rubbish. You're not going to see real people. Like, you're better off to meet people by knowing getting, people. Getting lucky. So, yeah, so yeah. I, I've just been asking my friends or their girlfriends or my friends who are female or whatever, like, hey, do you have any friends who, like, you know, guys like me, the BBB guys, the big bald bearded guys, yeah. you know, it's like, I've just been doing that because I feel like I'm gonna have so much better luck because here's the thing is like, you knew Katie, mm-hmm. like she was cool. You liked her. You liked hanging out with her. Like, why wouldn't your friends like, sure. like her and like hanging out with her? Yeah. Like, Hey, she's cool. She's not crazy. She's not psycho. Like, like, why don't you guys date? Let this would be cool. Cause I'm seeing somebody else. Sure. Cause again, in that moment of time, that person was good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, well, obviously that's th- not true, but, well, I, mean, I, but obviously, I wouldn't accept that. Yeah. But yeah. obviously things have now worked out between you and Katie. Cause you, because again, you were just, you were friends, you were hanging out, you were talking and it's, and it's, but it's, you know, when I, when I say it out loud, it, that makes it sound like, you know, that almost makes it make, makes it sound like destiny in the sense that we are so many things at the time of us meeting and, and becoming friends that worked against us ever getting together. And yet at the end of all that, you know, basically she was like, I never dated any of those guys. Cause I was just hoping that you would break it off with this girl or she would break it off with you. So it's like, in that sense, it's like that's circumstance and luck uh, under it, it, any other girl in the world probably would have either dated one of these dudes or moved on to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Or stopped waiting for me. Even I was, I was, I don't know. I guess another thing is like, I was no catch back then. I was, I had already dropped out of college. I was working at Papa John's, you know, living with a friend out in Akron. Like I didn't have anything going for me. Like there Wait, was, what are you talking about? You got your shit together. There, son. there was no, re- I was saying, that's the <laughs> funny thing about it. There was no reason for her to like, I, I wasn't like, she wasn't gold digging. You know, there was, it's not like, you know, I'm not like Brad Pitt by any stretch of the imagination. So like, I don't really know why all I can attribute it to is the circumstance and getting lucky basically. So, and here's the thing too, is one of the things that definitely I think worked in my favor, this is going to sound like a serious self own here, but it's, it's, I think it's a fact. She's super young, right? She's still in high school. She was, she was a senior when we met and I was out, you know, living the adult life basically at 20, you know, I had my own place with a friend. Yeah. You you weren't in your mom's basement. You you were doing your own thing. And so she never really got a chance to get out of high school, go to school, meet a bunch of guys or whatever, you know, sample what's out there. She was expand her horizon, so to speak. So in in that sense, like, like that's fortunate for me because she was, 
she never got a chance to get into the game, into the marketplace, really, you know? So she, I don't know if that's true because I think every woman realizes like their sexual market value because obviously when you're, what do they, they talk about? Between like 20 and like 29 or 30 or whatever it is, like yeah. before, the, before you actually hit the wall, right? Become old, right? Like whatever it is that these, these people talk about, like women hit their, their, their zone, what in their mid, mid to late 20. That's true. But look, right? you, you know my wife pretty well. And imagine, She's out of her shell now. So you can imagine how in her shell she was back when we first met. Yes. Very shy. Very, very shy. I mean, I being a, a huge goof that I am, I've, I've brought her out of her shell a little bit. But, you know, so back then it was not like that was the type of person that I needed to find because I know if it, it there was no way I was going to go meet somebody who liked to date around all stuff because at that time I didn't have anything to offer that was anything better than what anybody else had to offer out there. So I probably would have just. I, I would have gotten passed over. I feel like so you, you would have, unfortunately, yeah. for for invalid reasons, in my no. opinion, because because most women would be like, oh well, you're not really tall. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, honestly, oh, I'm like not really cause, tall. Because most women are like, oh, if you're not over six foot, don't waste my time yeah. and all this well, kind of shit. Stuff. Nowadays, I've like, told you, yeah. if you're not incredibly handsome with a full head of hair, and if you don't have like you know money this much or whatever status, yeah. blah blah blah. But if you don't have all these things, then I'm not even going to think about dating you. And it's like, wait 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 a, wait a second. It's like, how about like having somebody who's good for you that yeah. you enjoy spending time with and, who you like their personality. Like, that's, well, why don't we actually think about an actual relationship and not just sleeping with them? And because think, unfortunately women nowadays, like like guys, it's, it sounds horrible. Like, but, but you see the statistics with all this online dating bullshit, which again, I've realized now that it really just is bullshit. It's like these, these guys will, will sleep with anybody just because they want to get some. And it's like, guys like you're, you're ruining your, your own value and the women's value because it's like you should be looking at long-term relationships granted whether they last a, a couple of months or a couple of years or even a couple of decades like you should still want to be i get like like a like a long-term good partner good for each other and not just sleeping around like go meet them and then not even go on a date. We'll just meet up at somebody's house and, and just have sex. Like that's what people are doing Hookups, nowadays. Yeah. It's crazy to me. But again, if, if that's what you want to do, that's that's up to you. It's, it's your own choice. But I, I, I see the damage that it's doing in society because like all these guys are like, I'll sleep with a woman. I don't really care. She's not that good looking. Or whatever. Like, eh, I just, just go over there and have sex. I don't have to like, take her out to dinner and wine and dine her and do all these kind of things and try to impress her with my wit and charm because they probably don't have any because they're fucking just – playing video games all goddamn all night hey. or whatever. Hey, it is what it is. I'm, I'm just saying like in general, but it's, again, like if, if, if you're not Brad Pitt, like, like most of us aren't, you know, if you're an average guy, like, like you and I are, you've got to develop like a personality. You've got to be fun to hang around with. And if you, you've got to have a steady job and that kind yeah. of stuff. I get it. You know, it's like women want people who can support them. And I understand that. Like you want security. I get it. It's like, but like the social media and all this like online dating stuff is just ruining relationships because you see a lot of these people are like, well, I, I want to date Brad Pitt. And it's like, uh, are you sure that he wants to date you? Exactly, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Like, oh, well, I slept with a bunch of them and they, they came over. We have fun. And it's like, yeah, but how many of those did you go on follow up dates with? Like, how many of them are you hanging out with their friends and doing that kind of stuff or like maybe they'll take you out to dinner, maybe, but I doubt you're really going on dates. I'm, I'm about, I, I bet you're not double dating, and I'm sure shit, but you're not meeting their families. Yeah. So it's like, is that really dating? Like, well, calm down. And that's, I, it's just, I don't know. I just, I see all this shit is just, it's causing other issues in society. It really is. Well, that, that's the thing too. Is like if you're so, 
you know, looking at the fortune basically of basically getting, getting my wife while she was young before she had a chance to like sample what was out there. That was my lucky circumstance. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the older you get, and I think people are starting to get married and dating, it seems like a lot later in life now. It seems like people aren't getting married. Yeah, or they're not anymore. getting married at all. They're I think just the, yeah, dating and living together. One thing is, is you get older, especially into your 30s and stuff, and you've de- fully developed that personality and you're, you know, or maybe not fully, but you know, you're a, you're, you're a hell of a lot more mature than you were when you were 18, 19, 20. Dear God, I hope so. You know, that I think is preventing a lot of a lot more of these relations from taking off because now you've got people that are set in their lives. They've got their careers. They've got their set of friends. They're, they're basically set in life. And now they're looking for someone to come along and join them alongside. That's not, in my experience, that's not, doesn't seem like that's the easy way for a relationship to kick off. You got to find two people that kind of like are looking, exploring where, you know, where they're going to go in life. And they want to do that together. And they want to make that journey together. And now you've got people that are, I'm set up here. I've got you know, I guess just to use your example, like I've got my house, I got my job, I got this, I got a, you know, in some cases, another kid, another family out there. I want somebody to come along and join me. And then you've got the woman on the other side who's got all that same stuff. I need someone to come along and join me. You guys are, you know, I'm not saying you as in you, as in, but I'm talking about two people in that situation. So the average person yeah. out there, this is what it's like. They've already got their journey, you know, thought ahead of, you know, what they're doing. They just want somebody, they need somebody to come along. So they want, they don't, they're tired of being lonely. Whereas in my mind, the way a, a true relationship starts is like, you know, you got to get, you get two people, you know, that are looking to build that together, you know, and are equally excited to do it together and are willing to let go of some of the things they, some of their own, not, not to like get rid of your dreams, but willing to see where this, where this new life is going to take them and not afraid to let go. Whereas if you're older, you know, in your thirties or even in your forties now, like you don't want to let anything go. Like I got my house. I'm living here. This is where I live. I work here. This is what I, I want kids or by sometimes by that age, I don't want any more kids. So it's like, it's, it's so, it seems so much more difficult to find somebody who wants to take that journey with you because you've got to find somebody who isn't so entrenched. I mean, we've talked so many times about a lot of these girls that you're meeting, these great girls, but look at them all. They're all entrenched in their careers and what they're doing. And, you know, I mean, how busy, I mean, how, how many times have we talked about, you know, um, you know, I was supposed to see so-and-so, but they're busy. They had to work. They had to do this. They had to see their, they had to do this with their kid. Yeah. Like they've got their lives established and they, they just want to have somebody come along and, and, and be a teammate there. And that's, to me, that is not, it, it seems, that seems like a, almost an impossible situation and I understand for a real that, relationship to take off. that's just the way things it are is, right of now. Course, it's like, yeah. if you want to have somebody like involved with your life, you've got to be able to have those concessions and. And say, hey, either you're going to keep your place and I'm going to keep my place and we're just going to see each other when we can. Yeah. And we'll kind of just be casually in a relationship where it's like, or like one or both of us have to sell our houses and we got to move in together yeah. and like, and like pulling them in the family together. And now and I got like, to drive I, my drive to work is longer and eh, I don't well, know if I want to do that. Well, you, you figure know? that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. but, but that's like, those, those are small details that you work out, but it's just the, the big picture is like, you know, it's like, do, do I do I want to have like my kids over with your kids, sure. or do I want to have my own place where when I have my kids, and I'll just have them, yeah. and then when I can see you, I'll see you, or whatever. Like those are the big kind of things that you've got to figure out because, again, you're you're not gonna like, especially as somebody at my age, you know, I'm not gonna find somebody who doesn't have all those things figured out, whether it's just their career and they don't have kids, or they've got you know, like a, a failed marriage or whatever. And, they, and they've, they've got to work around that kind of stuff. And it's like, they don't want to deal with my bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I've got stuff going on. So I can't do what you're doing. Like, well, I've got to do this because I owe this to my family. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. 
the fuck do you do? I, I, I don't know. That's why it's just, it's pure, like I said before, circumstance and luck. And, you know, that's, I, that's what it takes for everybody. And, you know, you've got to have almost, you almost have to have that type of luck twice. You have to have that luck the first time to meet somebody and develop a relationship enough to get married. And then you got to have maybe even more luck to get past the initial, like, um, honeymoon phase and really get to start to know somebody deep and live with all their imperfections and all their flaws and really let somebody know you and you know them so personally that it, it can be frightening or, can, you know, that takes a whole another type of luck to say, hey, I've seen it all. I've done it all. and I still want to be together. You know, that's I mean, you just got to constantly be lucky. Well, I mean, like, as, as we all know, like all relationships deal in compromise. Sure. You've got to be able to compromise and meet somewhere in the middle, whether that's with friends, family, you know, or or obviously any kind of intimate relationship. Like you have to be able to compromise. That's just how things work. So it's like again, if you're willing to put your needs aside and say, "Hey, I'm willing to do these things for you for our relationship," that's awesome. And light it up, go do your thing. But it becomes more and more difficult the older that we get when we're bringing in the baggage or mm-hmm. uh, other family members or children yeah, or whatever from previous and pain relationships, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or other <clears throat> letdowns or. Uh, anything else like sure. problems for your own like uh, like uh, growing up if your parents were split or whatever yeah. like you bring all those things into a new relationship and it's just like I mean because you man think oh it, man like where do you go from there like an, I'm like a, like a woman in her mid 30s okay let's just say she's dated let's say she's had half a dozen or so serious relationships in her life okay she meets you or you know a single guy and you start to show any type of character trait that she can relate back to one of those guys. Like, oh, this is just how this is just how Ricky was acting. And I, and I, things, man. Ricky was a pain in the ass, and now he's doing all the same shit that Ricky used to do. And so she might just write you off then and there because you might have done something that reminded her of one of these other guys. So it's like you're like exactly like you said. You're, or vice versa, you yeah. go the other way around too. You're, you're starting like such a you're starting from behind the eight ball so much because instantly you're being compared to. And you're comparing that person to your everybody who's previously hurt you or hasn't worked out in the past. Whereas when you're young and dumb, you know, there's nobody there's you don't have a track record to compare somebody against. You're just like, hey, this is new. Let's just fucking see where this goes. You know, and that's exact. You know, and that's to my experience how it happened. Like, let's no, no plans. No. Yeah. But obviously I didn't plan anything out if she was pregnant in three months. But it was like <laughs> there was no like. Um, okay, here, let's have a three-year plan. We're going to go, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to graduate. And then, uh, we'll have, we'll be engaged for a year and then we'll save up for a house. And then like all the ways that they say you're supposed to do it, you know, the proper quote unquote way to do it. I didn't do any of that. And yet. Well, yeah, but the the proper way they talk about was, you know, don't date anybody. Don't be serious with anybody. Don't have sex with anybody. Don't live with anybody until you're married. Like, be stuck with them forever. If you're a Southern Baptist, yeah. Yeah, but let's be honest. Like, most people still think that way traditionally, like, as of 20 or 30 years ago. Now that's changing. Because in my opinion, <laughs> that all that advice is fucking ludicrous. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you commit yourself to somebody for potentially the rest of your lives? I mean, that's what you're telling the pastor and all of your friends and family, even though most people... What the, the average divorce is like? What around seven, eight years, somewhere around in there? I would, yeah, something like, like that. I, I think the numbers like say that. Obviously, there's differences because like my my parents have been together for over forty two or forty three years now, mm-hmm. something like that. And there's obviously people like me who I was married for a year, mm-hmm. you know. So like there's there's 
everything in between, but sure. I think the average is somewhere around seven, eight years. And it's like, why would you commit yourself to somebody who, first of all, you've not dated a bunch of people, so you don't know what to expect. You've never lived with this person, so you don't know all their like their habits and tics and problems that you might not be able to live with. And like you, you never slept with them to realize, hey, we don't we're not even sexually compatible. Where maybe maybe you know he loves sex and she doesn't, and she's asexual and doesn't care about it at all. And it's like you two probably aren't going to work out very well then. Like that might be an issue. Like wouldn't you want to figure all that kind of stuff uh, out before? Like, I see what you're saying. I personally, I even though that's what I did, I would not. If I'm telling, I would not recommend that to my kids. Just, yeah, because again, most he, people who did what you did ended up like how well, I ended it, up, here, not how you ended up. Let me, and I'll tell you why, just otherwise, you know, so it's just not like, oh, I disagree. But like, I feel like if you are living with somebody and you're experiencing all the benefits of marriage without having to be married, it's like if you, when you eventually do get married, it's not going to mean anything. It's just going to be that piece of paper. It's not going to change your life at all. It takes away, you know, the mystique of it, you know, the, the magic of it, I guess. And I guess, you know, that marriage means different things to different people. So, you know, I can't say if that even mat- would matter to somebody, but it's like when you've, dated around for years and then you've been engaged for three or four years living together and then you finally oh fuck i'm just we're gonna get married you know it's time to get married it's like at that point who cares you know you have the ceremony and then it's just back to life as normal and then you're like shit now i'm fucking married to this person now i just now there's no other options out there and i think that induces panic in people which then can call, lead to that divorce you know whereas um you know, there is something, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You get to know somebody by living, you say, oh yeah, this person fucking, you know, likes to just sit and, 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 and fucking fart all the time while, while watching TV. I can't stand, I can't, I will not live with that. So, well, at least I figured it out now, so we won't get married. I, I understand that, that there are things that, yeah, you can figure out, you can figure out if you're sexually compatible. To me, I just feel like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I would like to, maybe I'm romanticizing marriage a little bit too much, but to me, that shit's all the fun stuff to figure out once you, if you love, if you already love that person, and if the love is real enough to get married in the first place, then the fun part is figuring all that stuff out. And I, and I understand where your headspace is at, especially coming from the way that I used to think, yeah. where there was that one magical person, and you had to find that person, and then you two were going to do life together and grow old together and do all those kind of things. But whereas now I'm looking at like, no, we're all in different journeys in our lives. We're in different points in our lives. We might we might grow together. Or we might grow apart. And, yeah. And why 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 now, why, why pull yourself let, let, into a position me, where you, you can't get yeah. out of that? I would and say then both be able to be happy still. I would say this, and maybe this is different. Okay, if you're talking about somebody, not to make you sound like a geezer here, but yeah, if you're talking about somebody in their mid thirties who's who's even done it before, been married before, which you know a lot of the girls you might meet now are, might be single from a previous you know relationship or something. A lot of them, yeah, yeah. So if you've done that before, I can understand where it's like you know why why get married? You know why why if if we can just you know be in a relationship, maybe even both be in our own house or even both get a house together. Um, at that point, why get married? Because why risk giving up half my shit if this doesn't work out? Why Why not just enjoy the benefits of being married, being with somebody, hanging out with somebody, being intimate with somebody, doing all that stuff. And yet at the end of the day, neither of us are tied down. Neither of us have our assets tied into something. I can understand that. Now, as I, I guess with my faith, I guess I, I wouldn't... You know, I mean, from what my faith tells me is I, sh- I, I am, I shouldn't, I need to respect like, you know, the sanctity of intimacy and marriage and stuff like that. But for someone that, 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 you know, doesn't have those, you know, maybe bindings on them, I guess if, if, 
I wouldn't get. Why would well, you get married? They're not bindings. They're choices. Or choice. why, why? choice. You choose to believe these things, and you believe why, that they're yeah. right or wrong. Why would you get? Yeah, like at this point, why would you get married? You know, unless, that is an excellent question. So, and I think that you're going to see a lot more yeah. people starting to think kind of more the way that I've been starting to think. Was whereas before. I was always thinking like, yeah, I need to find that one magical person and, and I need to get married again. And I screwed up when I was younger and we tried to make it work, but we were just bad for each other. And that's fine. It was no big deal. But now I'm looking at it like, even if I did find somebody who was amazing and I loved and we wanted to move in together and, and not sell our own separate houses and start to accumulate things together. I'm like, I'm looking at it like, why get married? What What's the benefit here? What What's the purpose? Because yeah. like, again, we might grow apart in 10 years. And then, like, why would we entangle ourselves and have all the headache of getting divorced, which is, oh, my God, what a horrible thing to go through. Even, oh, I've heard. <laughs> even being young and not having any kind of assets to worry about or split yeah. or whatever and do all that kind of stuff. It was still one of the most difficult and stressful things I've ever been through in my life uh, up to this day, obviously, still. And it's like, why go through all that pain and trouble and, and strife? Like, for, for what? For yeah, for, so, the sta- for the state to recognize us as married, yeah. For so, me to me to me to so wear a wedding ring, it, yeah. And to have to turn in this thing and and have have some other like minister ordained person say, yeah, now you two can actually love each other. It's it's okay now. And it's like, fuck off. I, I can do whatever the fuck I want to. Like, well, why why would I put myself through all that trouble now? I've got no issues with people making a commitment to each other and saying, hey, we're going to be faithful to each other. And if we're not going to, then we're going to sit down and talk about it. We're going to go our own separate ways as responsible adults. I'm not going to cheat on my my partner or spouse or whatever like like granted there's there's lots of good things about that mm-hmm. but i still think it, you sure. don't you don't need the church or the state to tell you that you that's going to happen in your life yeah and i think yeah that is definitely becoming i mean that's becoming I, I, definitely more popular that that yeah. idea to just kind of be you know single but together yeah. at the same time to, to be partners and not have to actually go through the steps now, of Getting if, if that, yeah. Now, if that becomes the norm, what that's <clears throat> what that's going to do to like the family unit and things like that going forward, I don't know. I, I to don't, me, I don't. I don't see that as being any different than it is now you know, with people getting divorced. I would say probably the most conservative view that I that I hold on something other than you know obviously I'm pro Second Amendment, anti-abortion, but I would say you know the the family unit that I guess that's that's probably my 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 most conservative. Um, that's uh, you know. Um, hill that i'll die on as far as the importance of the family unit i I believe that um you know that the family unit was created by god to and is most successful when it's it's supposed to be a man and a woman raising you know their children with a mom being yeah motherly that's that's the thing though is their children those two's children not someone else's children well yeah that's becoming a huge that's what i'm saying yeah you know getting raising your children together with the motherly mom doing motherly duties and the dad doing fatherly duties and i'm not look i'm not you can i don't care about your your gender studies or whatever there are things that a child needs from a mom and needs from a dad that the other person just can't give them it doesn't make anyone less equal just talk to any child psychologist you realize those are just given facts i don't it's not the way i look at it's i don't want 50 percent. i don't need 50 percent mom and 50 percent dad i need 100 percent mom and 100 percent dad in my life you know i need them both equally and to me if you if you could snap your fingers you know much like the left would like to snap their fingers and all the guns disappear off the face of the of the country here if you could snap your so fingers so then all the crime and murders and stuff will go up well, awesome just if you could snap your fingers and say, and just make it all two parent households raising their children instilling their values in them 
even even two shitty parents are going to, I believe, do a better job to an extent than having no parents or parents that hate each other or something like that. Yes, but this also boils back to the fact that these people, two people, both of them, guy and gal, need to be responsible adults. Absolutely. They need to plan the stuff out, and they need to decide to have children together and realize that they're going to raise them together. It's too many fucking dumb... And if they get older and they want to separate, that's up to them. But while those children are developing... You need to have both of them in the household, yeah. and it needs to be a cohesive household where it's not toxic. Yeah. And I, honestly, I would, I would, I would put the odds better at. The, I, I think we'll get rid of every gun in the country before the family unit becomes hot and popular. Well, I don't know if that's the case because you're never going to get rid of guns. Well, because criminals, and you ain't never, never getting the family yeah, unit. Yeah, because back criminals together. will always fucking have them. Yeah, you're just going to take firearms away from law-abiding citizens. You assholes, fucking stop it. <laughs> Is that, is that too much? <laughs> Point made. Point made. Don't be t- coming taking Matt's guns, fools. Oh, God. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about or anything you want to wrap up with here? Um, I mean, I guess just a really quick antidote, just something that maybe get your thoughts on it real quick. So... Um, we don't need to end this right now. I'm just yeah. saying. It's no, like, no, no, yeah. It's funny because like when we got together, we're like, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. And like, it's been a fucking heated oh conversation gosh. the entire time. A little, what, bit, a little bit of a slow start. Let me just... But, yeah. It's still, it's like it's, it's been pretty <laughs> Sleep, heated. Other yeah. than that, so I just, I just, I don't know. Just get your thoughts on this. So my cousin sent me. So I took my cousin out to Vegas. He got married. We took him out to Vegas um, last month. Because you try to go out with your dad and your brother usually a couple times yeah. a year, right? It's like it's, it's your kind of. It's our getaway. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's where you normally go to go hang with the boys, play some golf. So we do a little gambling, have some fun. We took him out for a golf trip, and you know, for a week, and he had a great time. Obviously, so he 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 sent, he told me, text me, he's like, hey, I'm sending you a package as a thank you. I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued, you know. So I get this package, and um, it's great. It's got, you know, he got me a, a new pair of shoes. He got me uh, a set of golf balls that has his face printed on the oh, golf that's ball, hilarious. which I don't think I'll ever be able to hit because I couldn't bear losing. No, one you got to hang those up. That's funny. I put them on your desk but or something. He said, I get a pack. It got two books in there, and it's a little note on there. He's like a little suggested, you know, a little uh, what do you say? Something like a little entertainment or whatever for reading. And I open it up. It's the Quran and uh, Dianetics by the L. Oh, Ron Hubbard. The, uh, not the Mormons, the, uh, <laughs> the Scientologists. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, so I guess my cousin, so he, he grew up in a very, you know, his mom and dad are, are, are devout Christians. They're great, great people. Um, not, they're not the weird type of Christians. They're like, they're, they're genuinely cool people. But he's, I guess, since kind of, you know, drifted away from, you know, the hardcore. I hate to say it. A lot of people oh, who yeah. were forced into that as children tend to kind of oh, yeah. Yeah, like veer away, sure. at least for a time. Honestly, most of them come back because it's been so instilled well, into them that they, they kind of so, want that in a partner. So they, they tend to go back in their like late late 20s typically to try to find a partner who have the same kind of values. Yeah. So he kind of went from like, you know, kind of, I guess, being just flat out agnostic. And now he's more like he's. He now recognizes some of the truths that he, he used to know, but he's also kind of like, I don't know, he, he's become, I, I guess you could say, more open-minded and in, in like on other aspects. As, of as like hopefully that. we all should later in life yeah. is start to realize that, hey, maybe <clears throat> our own small thoughts of the universe aren't always true. Perhaps we should broaden our minds and look at different things, whether or not we choose to believe them. Is, is up to us. That's the beautiful thing of being human is we get to choose what we believe. We're not forced to believe what others want us to believe. So so now I've got these two books sitting on my end table and I'm like, I'm thinking. Which for most people would freak them out because they're not even open to yeah. that in the first place. So, yeah. And here, obvi- the Quran is with a Muslim religion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously I know. Scientology, he, he, which is fucking he's, crazy. Yeah, he's not. 
he's never once expressed to me any type of, you know, hey, I've been, you know, reading this or that and other books and there's, you know, some of it makes some sense. Check it out. I, I kind of think he sent, I guess that's one thing is I'm not, I guess probably ask him. I don't really know why he sent me these, but I'm wondering like, you know, should I, how do I feel about even reading this stuff? Because obviously I know what I believe in my mind. I don't feel, you know, I don't feel like there's anything I could ever read that would change my, change any of my viewpoints. I'm certainly not going to read I'm, I'm certainly not going to get into Scientology. I certainly hope that's not the case. I would hope that you would be able to read something at this point in your life and say, "Hey, I like this." If you're I'm talking, gonna, if you're I'm talking, I'm going to take this and implement this in my life. If you're life. talking like reading something like, you know, um, educational something about you know history or science or something like that. I completely agree with you. No, no, I'm I'm talking specifically in the in the forms of religion. I, I'm, I'm yeah. not talking about changing your religion. I'm not saying you're going to become Muslim by reading the Quran. What I'm saying is that there might be something in there. They're like, hey, I believe this same thing too, or oh, I forgot about this from my own beliefs, yeah. from my teaching as a child. I want to implement this more in my life. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, and about. I know that I know using the... it to strengthen your own beliefs, yeah. and not to like flip flop and completely change your beliefs. Although I think that's a good thing from time to time too. Whereas I've had two huge epiphanies in my life recently. Again, one of them being like the relationships, thinking there's only one magical person to find in your life. Whereas now I do not believe that's the case. And that's a huge change to how I live my life. Sure. Because again, I used to think that I need to find this person and get married and possibly have more children and do all that kind of stuff. Whereas now I'm looking at it like, no, I need to find people who enrich my life, who I love spending time with, who are good for me in the moment, but then not be tied down in the future where if it goes south that we couldn't leave each other civilly <laughs> and, and have it both be on good terms sure. and not like again, run off and just like cheat on her with somebody else or whatever. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like sit down as adults and say, hey, this this relationship isn't good for both of us anymore. We need to go our separate ways. I still love you and care for you. And I hope that we can still be friends, even if it's just in the future, whatever. If it needs to get time before we can get there, I understand that. But that's how I'm kind of looking at life. And so it's like, I, I think that you can... And you should be looking at those kind of things and how they could change your life. But I know how important your faith is to you. So I'm not saying to like change your faith. Yeah. I'm saying use it to enrich your life. I guess the way I'm looking at it is I don't feel like I'm re- – I don't feel like I re- read the Bible enough to go off and read these other books for experimental purposes. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like if I'm going to read – but no, because you've read those other, like you've read the Bible in your past. You've you've done yeah. a lot of that kind of study. Well, the you, Bible you isn't something, ch- yeah, but it's not something you just read and then no, put no, it back on the I, show. I understand, but you also you're you're still learning. You're still going to church services and Bible studies and those kind of things, and you're still involved with those. So those those passages, those lessons, those uh, uh, moral homilies from all the stories, like like they're still being entered into your life. So what's the what's the difference of like reading something else that's different and then seeing how you can apply those things to your life as well. I guess so, you know, I mean, to be completely transparent, it kind of goes back to how you were saying, you know, people, older people who grew up in it, leaving the faith and stuff like, you know, that's that's still definitely something, you know, I struggle with crises of faith on a constant basis, which is to be expected. I mean, it's even, you know, it's it's not anything that you would even, the, you know, the Bible says, it, it tells you about how that stuff, you know, things that are going to happen and stuff like that that are going to um and how having these type of questions and stuff like that are natural basically and um you know people in the 
showing you, you know, characters and stuff in the Bible who have gone through similar crises of faith. So it's like, you know, personally, do I, do I need to be opening myself up to something that could possibly be, you know, um, worsening or extending these, you know, these crises of faith? Uh, and you know, you're going to have a lot of, you know, uh, fedora neckbeards out there being like, well, you, you know, that you're, that's just a, basically a sign that you should be, you know, you def, this is the exact time where you should be reading that stuff that way. Uh, and- I think, I think the exact time, I don't know. I think there's moments in your life where you're more susceptible to questioning your own beliefs. And those points, it's probably a bad idea to really be trying to look out and trying to like reading things that might yeah. question your beliefs. That might be a bad time to do it because you might have an inner, inner, an existential crisis, ex- existential yeah. crisis. Like that might be a real issue for you. But if you're feeling solid, you're feeling good. I think those are the times to branch out and look at other things. Again, not to question your own beliefs, but to see if it can enrich your own beliefs. Yes, yeah. and the, you know, and that's even that. What you're saying is generous because I would have a lot of people tell me like. You definitely need to be reading this stuff. You definitely should be putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. And, and I, look, I'll be, I'm going to be straight with you. Like, like sometimes, like, you know, sometimes my faith is literally the only thing that keeps me, like, sane. That's what I mean. Like, in those moments where you know you're struggling and you're down, those aren't the time to be really pushing things because it might lead to a real problem yeah. or a breakdown in your life. Like, and, and I, and I did, I, there was a period of time and oddly enough, I was doing it as I was in church leadership. You know, I would read a lot of stuff, you know, from former, (laughs) former Christians, from ex evangelicals, people that would bring up, you know, these, these, um, paradoxes in the Bible and things that really made me really did make me think like, man, is some of this stuff just BS? Is some of this just myth? Is there a combination of truth? And eventually I just, I just said, look, man, like, you're never not you're 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 never not going to believe this stuff. Like whether it was whether you're fully indoctrinated from being a youth, whether you're just very easily tricked, and whether you're gullible, whatever the whatever That's the Scientology, re- whatever wink, the reason wink. is, whatever the reason is, maybe you're just a weak person, or maybe you're just a really. Some people would say maybe I'm just a really strong person. I don't know, but like I, this is just something. It's something that I'm that I believe, and um, I feel like if I. I'm 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 kind of scared of the result if I were to ever let my because I've seen a lot of friends who I went to you know private high schools with who were you know a lot more I guess Christian acting that I was when back in the day that have you know really just moved away and they're still you know moved on from the faith and there's they're still great people and I still love them and we still talk and hang out but it's like you know I I, I would I'll fully admit like sometimes I'm like man do they do they figure out something that I didn't figure out or are they just the people that the Bible spoke of of the great falling away and people that will turn their backs on the truth are they those people or is none of this real and I'm the only one that's still you know and I'm still the only one believing it because I'm you know I'm weak-minded or whatever like that's the type of stuff that goes through my mind and it's like at the end of the day like I know that nobody, has it figured out that whether you're going to have a, a, a crisis of faith or not, you're everybody's going to experience, you know, the Christ, the existential crisis in their life. There's where, a reason why they call it faith. Yeah. Whether because they, nobody knows. Yeah. And so whether you believe in God or not, like your perception of reality and of what it is to live a life and what it is to exist, like anybody smart who really gets down and thinks about it, regardless of what they believe is going to come to that face to face with the void basically. And that's terrifying. And for me, you know, maybe people will say, well, maybe you just use your faith that way. You can stare into the void and feel comfort and know that, feel that there's something after all this. Like, cause if you're going to tell me like that, 
that I could have a stroke in, in, in two minutes, lights are going to go out and nothing. Like I won't even know I'm dead. Like I won't there, I won't exist. It'll be like before I was born. Like that terrifies me to the point where like, why get out of bed? Why get out? Why? And especially because even if it's not me in a hundred years, everyone I know will be gone. My kids will be gone. You know, what does anything matter? So it's like, I have to, I use my faith almost as a, you know, as a, it's a motivating, it's a, it's a motivation to get out there and exist. And I think that's why a lot of people use their faith because they're so afraid of the alternative. Yeah. Like you said, lights go out and it means nothing. Like, what's the point? Because in a hundred years, yeah. no one's going to give two shits about you and I. Our kids probably aren't even like our kids or grandkids or whatever. They're not even going to give like two I mean, shits I, about I, us. I, now, I, now, granted, we are kind of immortalizing ourselves as we have recorded things and we put them out on yeah. the internets and those will essentially live forever. So that's kind of a, a crazy thing to think about. But it's still just a sna snapshot in time because how long – I mean, when's the last time you listened to a talk from somebody from uh, 60 years ago? Mm -hmm. you know, exactly. like, maybe, maybe a presidential talk, but that's it. But I don't think people are going to be listening to these kind of podcasts because they're just going to kind of fall away into the ether somewhere and some back server somewhere that nobody knows how to get to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Although technically it's out there in the universe now forever – like it'll be forgotten still. I mean, I saw, I saw this thing on Facebook and I'm sure that the stats, like the stats are probably completely made up, but regardless, like the point is still the same. Like they say that on average, 25 people will go to your funeral and on average, maybe 20% of them will be emotionally, you know, brought to Distraught, tears. Yeah. So when you think of, and obviously even if those stats are BS, it does drive home the point that there's a pretty small, finite group of people that will be there when I die and even a really smaller number of people that will actually affect. So it's like, you think like, because to you, like my life is everything. Like it's my existence. And yet when it's over, it'll be, you know, a few people. And then after a certain amount of time, you know, memories of myself will dissipate and the, the pain will go away from the people I've left behind. And that's the end of, that's basically the end, you know? Have so, you lost any very close friends? No. Okay, so no. I, I've, I lost my best friend in high school, and I think about him all the time. And it's like, he, he's still with me to this day. Like, I mean, there, there's hardly a handful of days that don't go by without me thinking of him in some sort so of way. So you're keeping him alive. In well, in, in my own memory, yeah. yes. And like, and I, and I lost another friend recently, um, like two or three Christmases ago. I think it was three now. And I, I hadn't talked to him in a few months. And like, we, didn't, we only saw each other maybe like once a quarter uh maybe at that maybe like twice a year like that was about it like we were all just so busy with our own lives we would text and talk back and forth here and there and once in a while but we'd, we would get together we would go to a chinese restaurant usually a buffet and we would like go there and eat and we would sit there and just bullshit for hours because we hadn't talked in so long you know and like that was kind of our thing that's how we like kind of caught up and and he and he died around a uh, christmas time I think, I think he had a stroke. He was having some complications. How long ago was this? I think it was like three years okay. ago. And it's like um, he was having uh, complications from like a dental surgery. He had a couple of strokes from that. And Jeez. He, it was bad. And then he recovered from that, but it was never really the same. And he, he kind of just went downhill very, very quickly. It was, it was unexpected. Because I had texted him like, hey, bro, like Merry Christmas. I haven't, haven't talked to you in a while. I like, remember you, you know, telling me about like, this. Like, give give yeah. me a call. And like, like two or three days later, which wasn't uncommon for him. He didn't like to text very much. Um he would be a kind of the guy like I would text him. He'd call me like it's, yeah. like we, we were, were old fuddy duddies. So he was like about ten years older than I am, and um, 
And, and like, like two or three days later, I'm like, I'm at my, my grandparents' house, like having Christmas dinner or maybe it was Christmas Eve dinner. I don't remember, but we were over there and I got a text from his son. He's like, Hey, uh, this is Nick. I don't know how to tell you, you know, dad passed away on this date, you know? And it's like, I, I saw your stuff in his phone. I've been trying to go through and get some of this stuff taken care of. I'm like, Oh my God, like when's the, when's the funeral? When, when's the calling hours? Like, I, I would love to come and see you. And like, what could... Because those two were so close. Because he was a single dad. His mom, yeah, uh, had, uh, his son's mom had walked away when she when he was very young. So it was just him and his dad growing up, and and those two were super tight. And I was like, I know how difficult this has to be for you. And oh my goodness! And unfortunately, it already kind of passed. I missed it because I didn't I didn't know that it had happened. And I felt bad mm-hmm. for not being able to at least go say goodbye. But it's like any time that I see like a Chinese restaurant or like I'm driving by or I, I even just think of our old conversations and it instantly just brings me back to him. And like, and, and again, I think about him a lot. I miss him a ton, you know, but it's like, but is, is that even enough? I mean, I, exactly, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like a shitty friend. Am I like, paying enough tribute? To like him? I only think about him every once in a while because I'm just so busy with my own life, you know, but again, like I still, I still miss and love him and I wish I could talk to him today, but I can't. You know, so it's like uh, that, that kind of stuff's going to happen. But the one thing that we're all assured here is like, we're all going to fucking die. It's, you know? it's one thing to say it, you know, it is because we can all say it and we all know it. But man, it's it it just is one of those things I think that ultimately will never make sense to us. Of course not. And again, know? that's why people have faith. Yeah. Because the thought of the unknown is so overwhelming that whatever faith they believe in gives them comfort. And, and I don't think and it's, I understand yeah, that. and it's not even so much of like, oh, I'm afraid of, you know, I don't want to be punished after death for my sins or whatever. It's it's like the thought of being, of existing and then being gone, it doesn't compute in our heads. No, like it, it, it can't. And it, even though we it's, can it's, say it's like. It's beyond our yeah. comprehension. Again, which is why they call it faith. Because none of us know what's coming yeah. next. And if, 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 you know, there are atheists out there that want to like laugh probably at, you know, using your faith to shield you from this stuff. But it's like, I see atheists all the time, like, especially like the ones that are really into like the science and the astrophysics talking about, oh, you know, we're, we don't die. We just, we're back, you know, we're one with the earth. Or we become back, we go back to the stars. We started stardust and we return to the stars. They and, hope that. And, and no, no, that's, that's scientific. I mean, what will happen to your body as it breaks down and it becomes part of the yes, earth. Yes, your body, of course. But, but like we have talked about well, before in here, what makes a person? But my, but my point is, the fact is, whether you believe in a God or not, you're still trying to cling on to the fact that you will not disappear when you die, that you will still have some effect on this universe. And it's like, look, if you're going to be a hardcore, you know, just say when the lights are out, the lights are out, you know, you're whether or not you become a star one day, it's not going to matter because you won't exist anymore. Your consciousness is gone. So it's, it's yeah, because it's, what is your consciousness? It's not In just, my opinion, it's your soul. Yeah. It's not just religious people that, that use, you know, that, that, that trick themselves into thinking that there's more that there's, that we go on after this. We just have different ideas of how we go on. You know, in, in both of them, both of them in their own way will comfort that individual regardless of what they think. Because you can be, you be the, pretend to be the hardest man on the planet, but when you come face to face with, you know, death or really thinking about it, like, that's just one of those things. And it's one of those things where you can't, it's, it's one of those, maybe the only thing, maybe the, I was thinking about this the other day, is it the only thing that can never be proven? What happens after death? I think uh, it might I'm be. Su- I'm sure there's other things that can't be it's, proven. It's one of those things but... you can never, you could never debate it. It's one of those things you can never debate from a, from a, 
basis of fact because yeah. you don't know. Exactly. So it's it's weird. I'm that's, sure there's others, but yeah. that's probably the biggest one that affects all yeah. of our lives. Like that- obviously, if you don't believe in God, you can say like, okay, I know for a fact this is what happens when you die. You go into the ground and you cease to exist. You could say that, but you nobody knows. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll wake up and maybe we'll feel like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking plugged into the matrix or something well, and I'm in it, an alien pod or something. It's, it's definitely a possibility. It's unlikely, but it's a possibility. Sure. Well, let's, let's be real honest here. Anybody who says they know is full of shit. Yeah. Any, anybody who's smart is going to say, I don't have a fucking clue. Or this is what I believe will happen. And it scares the shit out yeah. of me or I just don't know or I try not to worry yeah. about it. But it's like it's interesting because like you, like, like you and I, uh, we're roughly the same age, right? And it's like I had this conversation with my daughter. Uh, she was up for Christmas, and she she came home with the Rona, so she spent an extra week with me while she was in quarantine. And it was it was great because we got to have some great conversations. Because she was sick, she was laying on the couch, she couldn't really do anything. We couldn't yeah. go anywhere, and so we were just hanging out. And and it was it was good because it's like, hey kiddo, it's like um, I got some news for you. Like I see myself as the young guy still, you know. Yeah. So I see myself as the vibrant young yep. young kid or yep. whatever, and it's like. I'm a middle-aged man. Mm-hmm. I am halfway through my life if I live to a statistic norm. Yeah. That's if I don't die young like my friend did mm-hmm. who died in his 50s. Sure. You know, it's like, or he might have been late 40s. Or he might have been early 50s. I don't, whatever. It's like way before he should have gone. 30 sure. years realistically before he should have died. And it's like, I'm halfway through my life. I'm halfway dead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, don't say that. That's scary. And it's like, this is just the facts. It's, it's not meant to be scary. It's just, it's just what it is. It's like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I, I want my life to hopefully mean something. Sure. I, I don't want it to just not not mean anything. Granted, it's not going to mean much to most people, but hopefully it means something to the people that are around me. Yeah. Hopefully that's the case. You know, but I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I won't kind of wrap this thing up here, but it's like the the second big epiphany that I've had here recently is like, I don't think there's a God. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, I used to believe that 100%, like, I didn't believe in religion, like you and I have yeah. talked about before, because I believe religion is man-made, but I believe that there is a God, and he's created the universe and did all these kind of things, and, and like, and I believe that these, these souls are created by him, and that's what, like, our existence is about, is that's what gives us our intelligence, because, again, our body is just, it's here, and when we die... Like you can tell when someone's gone, like when the the soul has left the body Mm -hmm. and now that body is just going to decay. Whereas maybe the soul is the energy that keeps us alive and moving and all those kind of things. I don't know. I I, I can't, I don't know how to explain that, but that's, that's kind of what I've always believed. But now it's like, I don't know if I believe that there is a God, but then it's like, what are the souls then? Where do the souls come from? What happens to souls when you die? It's, are they just instantly created when you're born or do you, do you recycle into them or do you, then do they go somewhere else afterwards or do you recycle back and oh, are you so a, many a bumblebee? Yeah. Who fucking knows? I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's scary, but I don't know what I believe and it scares the hell out of me, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. So I, I, mean, so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just where I'm at at the moment. Sure. And maybe I'll go back to believing or maybe I'll firmly believe that I don't believe in a God. I, I don't know, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And again, it's it's these huge things that are completely changing the way that I see the world, mm-hmm. but more importantly, how, how I live my life. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, obviously, I mean, I've, I've heard so many, you know, theories that don't really involve a God about, but that still contain some form of an afterlife, you know, which is, you know, I've heard somebody say that, you know, we will be reincarnated until we exist as everybody. And then after that, we will become gods ourselves. You know, I've heard, I've heard it all. And I look, I mean, I get that. Like when I have that, when I have these crises of faith, that's what, what leads me to think sometimes that possibly, oh, there could not be a goddess when I just see, you know, 
the just the chaos and the division. And even though it's all prophesized in the Bible, still when I see it, it's like either okay, if maybe even if if the, there is a God, but he's he he's he's got the hands off the wheel right now. Like he created a, like that's hey, called deism, if, basically. Hey, if you've seen Supernatural, you'd realize he checked out a long time ago. Yeah, so that's something else. It's like okay, if there's a God and maybe and he did create us, is he still, you know, where's he at? And of course, those are things that you know. Unfortunately, you you know you have the the Bible to rely on, but otherwise, it's like you're not having any. You're not going to have any face to face conversations or any audible conversations with God. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, it does, you know, it comes down to faith. And I think that anybody, any Christian who's real with themselves has to say that they're, they always come to points where they're just like, man, I believe this, but you know, even if it's, even if it's real, like, is, is there any type of interactivity that he has, um, you know, on this existence anymore? Are we, are we on our own? Yeah. You know, um, that stuff really doesn't ever go away with, believing in God. I think sometimes it just kind of, you know, it's, it's basically a license to sit and worry about things that somebody that doesn't believe they really don't have to, they don't really have to worry about because it's like, you know, and I wouldn't lie if I would say that there's some envy there where you could kind of just say, Hey, I don't believe. And now I can proceed and live my life under these, you know, pretenses where, um, when I die, that's all there is. I need to make the most of every day because I will admit like there are times where it's like, I don't feel like making the most of every day. And sometimes I'll just chalk it up to, Hey, you know, this is all going to pass away. And, um, you know, one day I'll be, you know, in paradise and I'm not going to have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. And, you know, so it's like, why give a shit today? And I think that's a downfall. A lot of Christians get into is they're so focused on what comes next. Or that, what they think comes next. That, yeah. Well, cause obviously they don't know. Uh, yeah, it's that, faith. That's, 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 that, that's, uh, you know, I don't need, you don't need to qualify that because obviously anything that anybody says or thinks is what they believe. Yes. So it's like, you know, um, yeah, you, 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 I lost my train. Oh, there. sorry. But, um, yeah, it's but like with not wanting to do anything because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. looking the promise. Yeah. A of, lot of, yeah. They'll get in the, the, you know, the zone of, I'm just going to be, I'm focused on what comes next. So I don't have to, you know, I don't have to participate in making this world a better place. Um, and, Thankfully, there are a lot of Christians that don't think like that, um, but there are definitely, it, it definitely, you know, I find myself falling into that trap a lot where it's like, man, why do I even care what's going on? Why do I give a damn about, you know, this or that or the suffering? It's like, it's all the Lord's providence and who am I to, to get involved, say anything and he's going to work. A lot of that is like contrary to what the Bible says about, you know, living out your faith through works and faith without works is dead. So that meaning like, unless you're putting it into practice, unless you're making real difference, then your faith is, it might, you might still have that faith, but that faith is effectively dead. You know, it's, it's fruitless. There's no, there's no benefit to it on the earth. And that's probably worse than having no faith at all. Because, you know, if you, if you're just like, Hey, get up and this is all we have. And we're going to live, I need to live every day to the max. You're going to be a lot more productive probably than somebody who's thinking past this life. So that's definitely a trap that I see a lot of you know Christians falling into sometimes, including myself. One hundred percent. I think that's a natural thing to fall into. But come, coming back full circle here to uh, your your was it your cousin? Yes. So your your cousin who who bought you the Quran and Dianetics. I yeah. would say as as long as you're in a healthy place with your faith right now, I would say light it up and do your thing and read those and just see again. 
if something in there might be able to enrich your life. Not, not change your beliefs or anything. Don't look at it that way. It's just, what can I find in here to enrich my life going forward? I think that'd be a great way to to do that. But having said that also, it's like, if you're not in a good place, whereas like I want to explore with my, with my own self with some hallucinogens. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been looking to do that. And I know a guy who knows a guy. And... And I, and I was telling them, it's like, hey, I'd like to do this as long as it's in a safe place and, and I know what's going on and everything's good. But I'm not in a place where I'm mentally healthy enough right now, I don't think, where it's it's going to be a fun trip. I think it'd be a bad trip. So it's like, I want to wait until I'm in a better mental space before I go down that road. So it's like, don't don't push it off. Like, don't not do it yeah. because you're afraid or anything like that. Just make sure you're in a good enough place. Or hopefully it's not going to ruin you and put you in a downward spiral. Yeah. You'll have to work yourself out. You of. can like I, you know, having d- done them a few times, I can say that you're you're definitely on the right track there for sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, because Cause like I've, I've all I've done like really is smoke weed a couple of times, and it's like it never really hit me hard. I've only ever been high like once you, or twice. It's I would, like it's yeah. just, it, it wasn't my thing. But I'd like to explore that realm, whether it be by edibles or even by mushrooms or something yeah. like that. Like I want to go down that road, but. I know that for me personally, like I need to be in a healthier mental place before I go yeah. there. Um, and I, I will say that that is true. You can definitely, you can definitely have a bad trip if you're not in a good mental space. You can also, you know, um, have a immense amount of self discovery. I, I feel like even the first time I ever ate mushrooms, um, that's probably been it's been years now. But that that first time, still to this day you know, sticks with you. Yeah. It, um, it really do. It, <laughs> you can't, it's one of those things you can't explain it. It's almost trying to like explain like what would happen after you die, because unless you are doing it, there's no way to explain an ego death unless you've well, experienced it's, it's, it. It's like trying to explain red to a, like somebody who's blind. Exactly. Like, how do you do that? Like it's, you have to see it to understand yeah. it. Um, like I can guarantee you that you will get, I especially know you, you will get emotional about, you know, just, naturally i mean it just um and it's it's definitely something that that i would you know i know it sounds funny coming from somebody quote you know of faith you know telling you to do drugs but like um it's not drugs yeah it's a plant that grows in the ground in in my mind like you know it's not heroin (laughs) it's just it's one of those things that even if you believe in god if you don't believe in god or whatever you wherever you're at in life i think you need to experience it at least once because it's it would just be a shame to go live this entire life and never for at least one time be able to see like behind the curtain hey, there's a reason why people call these things plant medicines yeah. again it's not black tar heroin you yeah know, i mean like it's, it's becoming a, normalized it's, it's a for, natural yeah, thing it, like, it's a beautiful thing and i'm i'm so looking forward to yeah. like marijuana being legal mushrooms being legal hell hopefully even all drugs are legal like people are doing them anyway why not make sure that they're safe and people are doing them responsibly and some people unfortunately are going to overdose and kill themselves it's going to happen but guess what that happens with alcohol too I, I that's legal yeah. so i i, I people still, should be able to do whatever yeah. they fucking want to i would i don't know i would kind of if you're talking about like opiates and stuff like that and heroin i i just it just does not mix well with with the human anatomy i get it but they're doing it now anyway and it's let's let's at least give them some drugs that are yeah. like manufactured to to not be nasty and they're not going to mix horrible things with them for their drug dealers yeah, it's, it's, and it's they're the, less likely to it's kill the, themselves it's the addictive though it's the addictiveness of, of opiates in particular. yeah but sugar's addictive coffee's addictive yeah but working that, out is addictive watching tv's yeah, addictive I know, Fucking, dude, but your goddamn phone's yeah, addictive like you, you know that like i mean like people have it, it's it's not that hard to overdo it with opiates i mean you can you 
Yeah. It's it's, it's one of those things. It's not that hard to do with alcohol too. That is true. I would I would almost put alcohol on the same on the same level, but I think opiates can kill you a lot faster. I've seen a lot of functional alcoholics. I've not seen, or at least maybe I haven't, just don't know about it. I, th- I, think, I haven't seen a lot of functional opiates. I think you would be surprised on how many people have pills from their doctor. Yeah. And that they are absolutely 100% drug addicts. Yeah. But because it's legal and they're doing prescription medicines, they don't see it as being a problem. But I guarantee you, you have a bunch of these people in your life that you would never think were drug addicts. Yeah. I guarantee you. I mean, obviously, like the less government intervention, I, I think the better, but- no, we you need know. to have the government intervention, so, but let's put it in a positive way. Let, let's let's take the money they're spending to fight these drugs, which they're not doing shit, and let's put those into rehab for people who really have a problem, and let's also use that to regulate the stuff that's being put out to make sure it's safe and it's not going to kill people because they're mixing it with nasty shit. That's all I'm saying. Well, if they ever if they do ever do legalize it, you and I are going to open a rehab clinic because those things that, that's going to be the new that'll be the new Walmart. Basically, I'm not so sure if that's the kind of business that I want to go into. <laughs> But if you like money, <laughs> well, if you like that government money. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Nonetheless, all right. Well, let's wrap this pitch up. Uh, any closing thoughts, sir? Uh, yeah. Just man, came here with without really a topic in mind. It's, and... it's funny because you and I always seem to kind of be a little bit of a slow start, yeah. but we always really get into the good stuff. And that's why I I was kind of pushing you, like, hey, I want to get together. Let's get together. Yeah. Let's 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 get one done. You know, like, let's let's get it out there and let, let's do this thing. But. Yeah, I, I I really appreciate you coming on because again we we always have great conversations. I look forward to our conversations. This one was great, man. And this it's like great. you've helped me so much with this podcast. Is I see it as partly yours <laughs> as as much as I do it, as I see it as mine because you've helped me before we got it up and running. You helped me to get it up and running. Like you've been like the most frequent guest to come on. Like I always appreciate your point of view. We always have great stuff to talk about, and I have a blast talking to you. And hopefully, other people enjoy listening to our conversations as well. They better. Because there's more coming. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. All right. Well, that wraps up another great episode. And we have a special guest on for the outro, Mr. Andrew Hoffman. It's me. (laughs) Uh, This is the first time I've done an outro with somebody else. Uh, So I asked Andrew if he wanted to pop on here and do it. Uh, so we had a great conversation. You know, I love the sound of my own voice. So this is just, this is just bonus content. <laughs> I for do me. know that you love listening to yourself talk. But yeah. it's so funny because again, we didn't know what we were going to talk about, and then we started talking about all this crazy stuff. We got into religion and and politics and uh, what was it like childcare and yeah. schooling and all this kind of stuff and like society as it is, government is, spending. And- yeah, it was it's so crazy because like we're both like I don't know what we're going to talk about. Well, let's start here and see where it goes. Sometimes having no topic is the only topic. I I have found that these lead to some of the best conversations they're not trying to force it just whatever comes out is is there so thank you so much it was a a great conversation Um, and as as always for those of you who are still listening a couple of hours in I greatly appreciate all of you I know Andrew does as well you guys are the best man and uh, the best thing we can do right now is to go out and leave it a five star review wherever you're listening to this show that really helps the algorithm and helps new people find the show and obviously share it on social media and Facebook and with all your friends and talk about it even if you hate it yeah and, hey you know what leave a comment too on um, like I know at least on Podbean you can leave individual comments on episodes um, I would love to see maybe some more 
uh, interaction with the listeners after podcast, maybe on a comment section. Well, that's something that I need to figure maybe out. Maybe a Discord. That's something that, that I need to do to figure out how to do that, to be able to get maybe questions and do answers and do that kind I of stuff. I would really love to hear some and reactions. And say, hey, I'd love to hear you guys talk about yeah. this. Like, I, I need to do better at that. And to that, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to go into social media, which I'm not excited about. But I do have a Twitter account for the, the podcast. Um, so maybe we'll have to get that lit up so people can go in there and we'll yeah. maybe do it there because that seems to be probably the easiest for most people. Yeah, there it's, are, it's, it's very universal. Yeah, there um, are some. There are definitely some avenues we can take to get some interaction because um, you know that's. I guess that's one of the main things that I would that that I uh, would like to see is you know a- after we get done with all this you know just these this this huge information dump that we do on these podcasts you know where tell us where you think we're full of shit tell us like hey you know I think the same thing and I agree with you guys or. And even hey, put me on. I want to get on, and I want to. I want to come at you guys, or I want to. You know, I have a topic that I would love to hear you guys discuss. Yeah, because right now it's basically just yeah. whoever we talk to, or whoever Jake wants to bring on, or people like people that we're interacting with in our normal lives. Honestly, it's like hey, I want to bring them on the show. Or yeah. Let's come on. So, so, so it'd, be, it'd be interesting to do let's that. Let's get a community. Let's get a community uh, um, atmosphere going on here. Yeah. And, and um, I definitely need to get yeah. better at that, and we'll work on that. But if you guys want to go out and leave some comments. That would be greatly appreciated. But that is all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity. Peace. Peace. That was that was really high pitched. <laughs> that just came out of nowhere. That's what I say. That's how you roll.